Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Mark Zielinski. I'm Steve Hilger. I'm Jeremy Duvall. I am Alex Coos. I'm Matt Croja. And I'm Ralph Enough. And as you heard, this is the first time in a long time we have everybody. We've managed globally to get everybody synced up. I know Matt's, you know, having porridge right now, and Steve's probably having pints at the bar. But we've got everybody in the room at the same time. To be fair, Matt's probably having pints at the bar as well. Just 7 a.m. doesn't make any difference, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all the same. It's Australian. Australia. I just have to ask Matt: Is Foster's really truly Australian for beer? Yeah, it, it's an Australian brand, but no one drinks it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like Molson Canadian up here. Just trash, but everyone associates it. Is that the blue with... beer? That's the first beer I ever got wasted on was blue. No, that's Labatt Blue, which is oh, also Labatt. terrible. Okay. But... Yeah, I can I can uh, attest to its atrociousness. I can probably pee better beer than Foster's after a big night out, to be honest. <laughs> I'll pass if that's okay with you, mate. But uh, whatever, oh. whatever you do in your own time, is that what you feed people? We'll, we'll do a blind tasting when we catch up, Steve. Yeah. Oh, mm. Going smooth so far. <laughs> Let's get into it. Before we get to the hobby updates, guys, what'd you buy on Black Friday? Let's start with Mark. Oh, boy. Well, what did I buy on Black Friday? Let's see. I bought uh, a lot of stuff from Wings of Star Publishing, actually. So I um, pre-purchased all of the novels for 2021. There's four of them coming out. And then, let's see, I also picked up a couple of uh, shelf copies of books from Wings of Star, and then... For some reason, I don't know why, I bought a Basilean starter army because it was on sale. And it was there, and I wanted to support Wing Tassar, and it had the new men-at-arms in there. I don't know why I did it, but I did it. So it's going to be one of my upcoming armies in my uh, hobby commitments for 2021. So that was the big thing. And then, for some reason, I went up over to Etsy, and then you know that wood border that you have for Vanguard that you turned us all on to, Rob? War Chest Creations. Yep, uh, went over there. I I was out of bases for um, regiments for the 20 by 20 bases. So I had to order some of those. And while I was there, I picked up some status markers. And then I picked up the frame with the end because Mike Carter had it too. And it was pretty cool. So I'm going to take one more shot at trying to convince Kyle to uh, maybe try to play Vanguard again since you guys keep talking about it. I'll give it another shot. You know, never say never. And let's see, what else did I pick up? Those are the big things. Hey, Mark, did you pick up one of those sets with all the the, uh, the status tokens and the rulers from him? I didn't get the rulers. I just got the status tokens. Oh, Mark, you could have just said, hey, I'm from Countercharge. He would have put the logo on it for you and everything. Well, now you tell me. Hey, Jeremy, I know you bought a lot of stuff. So my big Black Friday purchase, which I was hoping would have arrived around Black Friday, but I pu- purchased many weeks ago, was my all my Armada stuff. That was going to be like my big, my pre-Black Friday, Black Friday purchase. But unfortunately, um, the post, the, the Memphis post office lives in Bizarro World. So uh, it took like three weeks, three or four weeks for, for the, my priority mail to reach me, but it finally did. You know, uh, Rob and I are, are big fans of the Table War cases. Like the, it's almost like a, like a band equipment looking like latched cases. I got a small one for Armada. 
and it's like a, a case that comes with uh, trays that already have metal inserts. So as opposed to having to get the ones for the bigger case from Shogun Miniatures, this one comes with them. So I'm just now going to decide for my Armada, I'm thinking of maybe just putting the adhesive sheets underneath the base as opposed to trying to to, to drill and put magnets. I think with the, the weight of the ships not being that much, I think the adhesive sheets should be totally enough to keep them stationary. I have been doing some research into how I want to base the Armada uh, fleet. There's tons of resources. You know, everyone's doing their nifty water stuff. I know Steve's got some really cool water bases. Um, I saw one guy in the Armada Fanatics. I'm going to butcher his name, and I apologize. Masiege Kulza um, from ScarHandPainting.com did a really cool basing tutorial, tutorial using a bunch of the stuff from AK Studios. Uh, they have some like uh, Pacific Blue diorama gel, some water gel, some water foam effects. I don't know if you guys have ever used anything from AK. I haven't, but I picked up all their water stuff. His tutorial looks pretty easy. And I think what I'm going to do is he does them on top of clear acrylic. I got the water acrylic bases, the special acrylic water bases from Mantic. So I think I'm just going to use those as my base and see how it works, because I think that will look pretty good, right? If I have any little little imp stuff underneath the water gel, it's just going to pick up that water from the already see-through acrylic base. So that was my main purchase was, uh, of course, Ar the Armada, which I went super heavy into. I mean, I got the starter set. I got two fleet boosters for both factions, and then I got an extra of the big ship for both factions. And then I got the acrylic templates, which are really nice. I definitely uh, recommend if you have a chance to pick up the acrylic movement and like arc turn templates. They're pretty cool as far as getting extra widgets. And then I also got the mat. Only thing, and I don't know, it's like the blue mat just comes in a mantic labeled cardboard box. I was not a big fan of that. I would have liked to see it in some sort of case. But I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised, not surprised. You know what I mean? But other than that, pretty all the uh, I've been doing um, super big cleaning, which I'll cover in the hobby updates. But yeah, those are basically just my my purchases. You can get a four liter, really useful box, and it actually takes the the uh, the mat really well. Folds up, drops in there perfectly. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks for the suggestion. Really useful boxes are awesome. A couple of local guys really love the AK Interactive basing stuff. Like they swear by it. So I think. It's good. It's a good quality product. Yeah, it's been having some. I've, I've heard. I've, I've uh, some of my 40k buddies are really into their product line. They really love it. So when I saw this tutorial, I want, really wanted to do it. Not because it looked cool, but it's a product line that I've never experimented with at all. I've never had anything from them. So I'm excited to kind of take a look and, and try their stuff out. Yeah, I think a lot of 40k guys use it around here, but some of the Kings of War guys use it as well, and they love it. Well, let's get to the uh, the guy across the pond, Steve. What would you buy? I didn't buy anything on Black Friday. I feel like um, I feel very left out, as if I, you know, it's. I think Black Friday is a very American thing, and it doesn't. It's never really kind of made it over here. And I know that the internet's made it something of a global phenomenon, but I've been so kind of. Um, it's been very odd over here because of the lockdowns and such, and uh, I I don't go anywhere or do anything. So I just kind of sitting in my little world, and I didn't buy anything. But I did buy all the Armada stuff, not everything. I bought a starter set and the mat, and I, I bought some some of the big ships. But I don't think I bought them on Black Friday, so I feel like I've kind of very much let the side down and um and not like splurged my world on on things on a on on a made up <laughs> holiday. I, I did I did remember I looked on Amazon occasionally and went ah. Uh, it's a thing. There's there's stuff, but I just didn't. Um, I guess nothing caught my eye, caught my fancy, and you know I'm not playing for anything. I've yeah, just sitting at home tinkering with my 3D printer. I didn't didn't buy anything. So 
I, th- I feel terribly uh, to, like I've let everyone down. I'd like to apologize wholeheartedly to the Countercharge audience. The good news is that I'm sure Alex is going to pick you up. Alex, yeah, come on, sort me out. Right? Well, yeah, we act- we didn't really have Black Friday so much until a couple years ago because Boxing Day is a big day in Canada. It's like the day after Christmas is our Black Friday. But now, with Steve was saying, the global economy, we have uh, a Black Friday sale and Boxing Day sale. I ended up uh, getting a new headset for my computer, which I hope improves my sound quality. I haven't listened to myself because that's horrifying to me. But I hope for all the listeners out there, I sound a little better than I did previously. You sound heavenly to me. Oh, thanks, Matt. Mm-hmm. And sound like sound just, like garbage. Just FYI. Oh yeah. <laughs> Takes one to know one, Steve. With respect to Kings of War, I think I'm still a little stuck on my Kingdoms of Men slash Undead project. So I hadn't didn't buy very much with respect to that, but I did buy more infinity stuff just to add to the procrastination by creating more projects that i'm working on so a couple of the uh, guys in our local kings of war group have just been scratching the sci-fi itch with infinity which is a nice kind of change of pace it's a slightly quicker game small table and smaller model count so it's a nice way to do something a little different than kings of war without making it a huge time commitment learning the infinity rules is a huge time commitment it's true but I feel like after playing Kings of War for the last, oh, as pretty much my only game for the last five years, my brain was, and finished school last year, so my brain wanted to learn something new this year. So the last couple of months, just kind of diving into the new, because they just launched a new edition, diving into the Infinity Rules has been kind of nice as a, just a new a new way to look at, you know, that the tabletop wargaming tactics and stuff. So it's just kind of been a nice refresh on tabletop gaming for me i think it's helped me it's helped me be more interested in kings of war as well just kind of doing something a little bit different and painting wise and gaming gaming wise so those are my two main black friday purchases some robots alien robots and uh, a new headset and matt this is where you drop the bomb and you've purchased hundreds of things so I agree with the other colonials. Black Friday isn't a big thing here. So, like, yes, it's come up, comes up on the internet, but I mean, locally, it doesn't really do a lot. Um, like Alex said, Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, is more big our big sale day. Um, so I really didn't buy a thing on Black Friday. Yeah, nothing really. Just took my fancy. So what you're telling us is that um, you guys need to fill us in on Boxing Day so we can be ready for the 26th of December, right? Yeah, traditionally that's when been our massive sales are. So people line up for hours out the out the front of stores, which obviously won't really happen this year. But so they'll probably sit near their computers for <laughs> hitting a refresh button. Yeah, now it's like we get this Boxing Week sales because everything is like, you know, one day isn't enough. So it's like all week after Christmas is sales. <laughs> All right, so it's up to you guys because of the global economy to make some posts in the countercharge thread so we can uh, check out all the Boxing Day sales, kind of like what we did for Black Friday. So I'm sure there's some uh, hobby companies across the world that will be participating. So it'll give us a second bite at the apple, so to speak, to get some good deals. Oh, yeah, but you don't want to buy anything from England because of Brexit, right? Which means that 
import export duties forget it you'll be paying double of anything we're going to be like a little island little exclusive island on our own just making stuff for ourselves which is brilliant because it means i can buy all the hobby stuff in the world because all the prices will drop for the floor however we will starve to death so you know there are swings and roundabouts i feel to it yeah you don't want to ship things from canada either it's going to be like double what your usps rates are going to be i'll send you some food steve i'll have to pay the import Mm. duty it's going to ruin me you know i'll make make some jerky and and send it so it survives the trip. So Steve, Can, we need to start, have you buy everything, and then you can uh, you can send it to us. Is that what you're saying? I'll have to bring it myself personally. I have to get on a plane with like suitcases stuffed with mantic materials. To bring it. <laughs> I can't wait for a Depticon. Okay, I would like. Sounds like we have the startings of a plan. Let's circle back to Black Friday purchases. <laughs> so I'm a little disappointed by most of you, Mark. At least you bought some stuff, Jeremy. Thank you very much. I did buy some table war cases, just like you, Jeremy. They were a great deal. What were they like? Thirty-five percent off or something? They were stupid. Like you had, they were almost giving them away. Yeah, but you were a previous customer, so you got the extra discount. If I had the extra discount, I probably would have dropped the money. So I got two of those cases, and then I bought an inordinate amount of stuff I didn't need from my local friendly local gaming store. So somebody mentioned bases for Kings of War from War Chest. I also my OCD kicked in, and I have like these bases from all these different companies, and. That's not acceptable, so I replaced them all. So I went and bought like $100 worth of bases, movement trays, more specifically, from my final local gaming store who stocks War Chess Creations. Okay, now we're going to go around the horn real quick and do some hobby updates. I'm still working on the Hellboy board game. Uh, Only two minis left. That project is almost complete. has been super fun. I took a little break to paint um, kind of with the Hellboy speed paint and then also um, uh, this Christmas project I did, I've really taken the last couple weeks to sort of step outside the box and paint things in in new ways or paint new things. So um, Hillary and I got a bunch of the um, ceramic ornaments from Michael's Christmas ornaments. And um, she's been enjoying painting as well. So we've been painting those for Christmas presents. So I painted a, um, I'll put it in the Facebook group, but I painted a mouse holding like a little cup um, that was super, super, super fun. Um, I tried to do kind of a really detailed eye technique, which was amazing to do it when the eye was like huge compared to like a miniature eye. I was like, I would put little dots in your eye. I would make your eyes brown like me. And then um, my mom like loves little cute, <laughs> anything cute with mice she's, adores so i tried to make the the paint the mice with like my eye color and everything because then it could be like oh it's a little jeremy mouse um so i put that in the mail to her yesterday it's been tough you know i haven't seen seen that part of my family in almost two years a year and a half now we got a christmas box ready to go for that um hillary painted like this gnome that looked pretty cool and a penguin and stuff so have you guys ever done that like you know at, at post miniature painting life like go paint like a picture or paint paint something else that's not a miniature but you're using all your stuff all your your things does anyone mess around with that my first christmas village that we put together was from michael's you know they they sell the small houses and you can paint them yeah it's been super fun yeah i do the little uh or i did i did the little briar horses with uh my daughter so you know when we went down to kentucky she brought him a ton of these things she bought them for a buck a piece so we painted a ton of them there for a while so that was a lot of fun you know just a little something different and then you know i would fix 
Christmas ornaments that break down in the uh, basement. So I always paint them up and stuff like that. That's the only time my wife appreciates the hobby is when, you know, Darth Vader loses an arm and he comes back and he's okay. So, mm. and then I also, like I said, I got all my Armada stuff and I've opened up the Basilean fleet booster and the Basilean Abyss. Um, and I let them, and then I've, I've now been cleaning them, you know, sort of the word on the street is that the resin release, uh, material on this is pretty are these are pretty heavy so you got to really give them a really good clean so i let them soak in dish detergent and water for a while and then i got in there with a toothbrush and soap and like really scrubbed them all of them so they're drying i think i'm going to put together the abyss first um i'm really really super impressed so far um the what i've opened looks great I know that they were trying to cast so much that some people have had, you know, better or worse luck. So far, my luck looks pretty good. The Abyss mast was bent, but I just heated it up in super, super hot water and then slowly uh, moved it back into its correct position and then shot it with super cold water. And then it's uh, fine now. But um, the details is uh, pretty amazing on these these ships. I'm pretty pretty impressed so far. But yeah, so that's but what I've been working on. Um, Steve, I, I know may, maybe you haven't had as great casts for your Basilian stuff you were mentioning. But what have you been up to hobby wise? Yeah, so no, I was about to ask because with your abbess, I've, I've literally as we're chatting away, um, I'm painting the mast of my abbess. Um, and I was, you know, most of my boats have been okay. I've had some problems with um, missing bits in the boxes. So I had uh, a couple of missing sails and a missing bit. And um, my replacement sail came through today, but they haven't sent me the replacement bit. But uh, I was looking at um, my Abbess while you're talking, because I'm literally looking at it. And yeah, there's, I was, so I bought um, the two-player starter set and uh, the mat, as I said. And, and then um, I really um, liked what I did with the waves. So all this stuff with water effects you guys were talking about, I was like, nah, ah, toilet paper and PVA, let me tell you, it's the future. It works really well. So I was like, I don't know, I'll buy some more boats and then I'll take some like shots or I'll do a little video of how I did it because people were asking me and I was like, it's actually really, really simple and it's so cheap. And so I bought an Abyss and a Smasher because I didn't have them and I quite, I wanted some bigger boats. And the Smasher came and it's brilliant. It's absolutely perfect. You know, everything's in place, but my Abyss, so I've got in front of me in my hands right now. So I've got two broken cannons. One of the angel wings is to do with, you know, how detailed the sculpt is or whether it's just the people that were doing it, you know, not being past the mainstream casters or whatever. But in general, the boats have been great. I think it's just, um, I think it's the volume of production, isn't it? You're going to have some some miscasts and some mispacks, um, which is which has been annoying. And I, I, I could contact Elvis and say, look, can I, you know, I've got this problem. Can I have the bits? But I don't want to have to wait a month or more. Because it's over Christmas and it's taken them it took me them three and a half weeks to get me the replacement sails um, for the hammer fist that were missing. And I don't want to wait for four weeks for, for my boat. I'm just going to paint it and say it's battle damage. Uh, it'll be fine. Um, but so hobby wise, so that's what I've just been doing boats really, <laughs> boats and some terrain. I printed this really cool. Um, I, I backed a Kickstarter for some Hobbit terrain. So they're like, I kind of had in my head they're kind of like halfway hills and halfway houses and I thought they might be quite cool and having printed them, wow, I didn't realise how long, it took me 40 plus hours of printing to print out this this Hobbit house um, and it's really super super cool but it's um, it's it's way too big to be a hill so it's it's too high so it'll be blocking terrain so that's that's pretty cool so I'm going to paint that up um, and I've just been painting boats, really boats, 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 boats and that's about it um, recently I don't think there's been uh, anything particularly exciting. Just uh, more bits of terrain. I was looking at the Kickstarters I backed, and I realized I backed so many um, 
uh, 3D terrain Kickstarters, I really went slightly overboard, it's fair to say. But I now have enough terrain. If I ever need to print anything, I can just print it and I've got pretty much anything I will ever need. So I need to ban myself from backing those. We'll talk about those uh, in a little bit. Um, how about you, Mark? You've been Have you cracked open your Armada boxes yet? I have, actually. And um, my stuff is sitting, it's still in its bath. It's going to get scrubbed this afternoon unbelievably i just soaked the boats that came in the starter set and i put it in my la's awesome and i i hit it about three quarters la's about a quarter water and it's been soaking for two four or five days the water is pitch black it is unbelievable did anybody else have that issue or did you just hit it for a little bit and then scrub it down i I soaked mine for just a day you know, in the morning, put everything. But I was using not LA Awesome. I was using a mixture of like um, just really like nice dishwasher soap, and, and then just scrudge them with the toothbrush brush. Uh, but I didn't see anything like that in mine. Yeah, no. What I was doing, I I I didn't soak them. I literally just washed them in the sink with the with dishwater with dishwasher soap and, and water. I had the odd bit of an issue so originally when i first got them i had them some of the boats and i I didn't wash the orc boats at all which was a horrific horrific mistake if you if you haven't opened your boats yet please god wash them um because paint would not stick it was and i had to then uh, wash them you know half painted constructed boats to get them to anything to stick on them having done that though i mean i've not had i've had the occasional issue where obviously i've missed a bit but i don't think it requires like long 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 so but people have to have different experiences i mean rob you had a a terrible time right did a real quick cleaning with just soap and water try to use one of those paint and primer you know a colored spray and it just like i picked it up and i just rubbed my finger across the surface and the paint just came right off that was it they went into the uh la's totally awesome which is a degreaser from dollar general here in the u.s soaked them scrubbed them stripped all the paint that was on there and then gave them, you know, the traditional priming and then went with the base coat of uh, brown rattle can. So, yeah, it was probably the worst paint adhesion I've ever had. Like, I just picked it up and it felt like tissue paper rubbing off. Yeah, definitely clean them. Yeah, probably similar. I've had the same problem with impact miniatures, and that's what I had to do with them. Because uh, I we uh, picked some up at Adepticon and I had to soak them a couple days. So I did the same thing. But honestly, the water is very dark. It's like, Wow. I was pretty shocked at how dark it got. So I'll be scrubbing those up tonight, and then I'll start building those. Um, and I'm going to ask a question of the group, too. Did everybody just glue the masks the mass into the boat? Or I heard some people talking about magnets, but that looks way too small for me. So Paint them separately, Mark's my advice. You, you want to paint the sails and the mast. So with the orc boats, I glued the mast to the sails, right? Um, the Baseline ones, obviously, they come together just, you know, you you can glue the back bit on but then paint them before you glue them in because it's such a pain in the ass otherwise paint the boats paint your sails and then glue them in afterwards that's why that's what i did yeah and i haven't painted my stuff yet i'm getting there but uh i actually pinned the sails to the mast but i am not going to pin the 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 mast into the boat because the theory is if you hit it hard enough it should it should knock out or it should snap out at the point that you glued it right but and if i was to pin it or put something in there and it's more secure you might actually end up breaking the mast 
There you go. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not going to do that. But I heard somebody talking about that. I I don't remember where, but that just seemed like too much work for me. So I'm not going to do that. The, the 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 space in the boat though is pretty pretty good. Like they've 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 got a really good connection point. There's like this uh, almost like a pyramid that that's on the end of the mast that fits down in there pretty snug. So you know when when you add some CA glue, it'll 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 hold. You know the one thing that I was very pleased with the size of the ships. They're very chunky. You know I'm used to playing a lot of ship in the line and you know the you know they're a lot smaller you know like one 600 scale etc these are nice and chunky they kind of equivalent to a 28 mil miniature you know like a troll or something you know it was i was pleasantly surprised at the size so i'm looking forward to scrubbing those up tonight and then i am working on war in the hold still yes it takes me forever but as a matter of fact i've got a troll in front of me and i just put his arms on so as i'm working away here and uh the rack can are up next so I'm looking forward to it. I had a really good time putting the goblin archers together. And so now I'm thinking goblins and I really, really, really liked the mounted heroes. So um, that they had the, the whiz and the general and the flag. I really thought that they were cool on the mobbies. So they're kind of inspired me a little bit. So I'm thinking I might be going goblins later on, but again, that's, more foreshadowing for later. So, but Alex, what are you working on? What's on your hobby table? Just sent off my counter charge mini exchange mini this past week. So hopefully it gets to the recipient before Christmas. Uh, fingers crossed. I had a bit of a delay. It was a, it was the first 3d printed mini that I've ever painted and it was resin. And I broke one of the legs on the first print so that kind of set me back a couple of days. So I was slightly delayed, but I, I was really happy with the result. Um, the person really wanted a bright colored miniature. So I pushed myself and to use, you know, some colors that I wouldn't normally use. Talk to my wife, who's an artist, about getting a good color palette together. I actually was pretty happy with how it turned out. Pretty dynamic, very bright. And uh, took my time to, like, really highlight it up and just kind of try to make it take more time with it than I would with a normal, you know, miniature for my armies. And I think it, I think it turned out really nicely. I just fingers crossed that the resin survives the trip down to the States and that the person, you know, gets a great quality mini for their new army or for their army. So that's cool. I think I might get Eamon to print me some more stuff in the coming year for my army projects. He printed up a a knight on a griffin for my kingdoms of men. So that might be on my painting table in the coming weeks as well. I picked that up at the same time. Uh, I received my counter charge mini exchange mini this week or two weeks ago as well from Billy Smith. Uh, big thanks to Billy. It's like a really nicely painted halfling sorcerer. I posted a picture on the counter charge Facebook page and he really nailed what I was trying to go for with the yellow in my army, which I had been unsuccessfully attempting this summer, which is partly why the my progress on the units stalled. I was just not happy with how the yellow was turning out. So we talked with back and forth with him about how he achieved his, um, how he highlighted it up and shaded it. So now I have a bit of a more of a, a plan going forward for my army, which is nice, kind of give me some re-energize momentum and motivation to get those guys painted because i think 
now I can kind of get the yellow to where I want it. So I'm started working back on my uh, foot knights, which are, you know, going to be foot guards slash soul reaver infantry for my raven themed army. So those are the things I've been mainly working on with and a little bit more. Some of those infinity miniatures that I've been digging out of my closet and, you know, collecting out Black Friday. Painting up some Yujing uh, and combined army stuff for the people who pay attention to Infinity. I, it's pretty exciting to see everyone's Armada miniatures. I think I've been waiting just to see how the next, you know, wave of releases comes out and see which ones, which fleet that I'm going to go with. But I'm pretty excited. I think I might pick up some of the Kingdoms of Men uh, stuff from Warlord. I think I know Rob, you grab some of that stuff, right? If I'm understanding correctly, at some point they're going to be available as like an actual. Kings of War Armada set from Warlord Games, and I'm assuming they'll, they'll come with the bases. So, But you can buy them now, they don't come with the bases, right? Because Black Seas does not use bases. Yeah. Their, their plastic kits are great. They're actually relatively inexpensive, you know, given what, you, what you're getting, and they've got, I think, three different sizes of hard plastic kits. Some of their really bigger ships, where there's like mixed me- mixed materials like resin and metal and stuff, can be a bit wonky to put together, but their, their hard plastic ships are fantastic. One thing to obviously know is they have paper sales as opposed to the resin sales i actually prefer the resin sales so they come with these little card stock sales you can pop in which they look fine but just just know that that you'll have to yeah. uh, rig that up yourself so i think i'd like to have a fleet that matches either my kingdoms of men or undead or Berenger armies because i think i think a Berenger fleet hopefully they release one i think that'd be or northern alliance fleet that would be really cool they have a concept for a northern alliance slash Berenger ship yeah i saw that so i think I'm pretty excited for that. But right, yeah, right now, just cleaning up uh, my uh, Cult of the Raven Foot Knights, fi- finishing those guys off. I've been using some spear, reg- uh, fa- uh, I've been using some pike regiments and uh, Cult of Arms so far. And I, so I might p- paint those guys up next as my next. They are uh, so freaking good, are they? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I love Pike Regiments. Best thing in the world, though, is when you have the captain and you roll that dice, and now you get to move that Pike unit right in front of that enemy cavalry. So, yeah, I, I think those will give you the next uh, unit that I'm painting. So now that I feel like I can, you know, really close out the foot guard u- units. Well, I've been, I did a weird batch paint. I made a batch of 28 guys, which was probably probably a mistake. Cause it's just it's it's so big that I thought, oh, I could just you know, go right through them really quickly, get the horde done. But it's just a bit of a slog. So hopefully over the holidays, next week or two, I can get those guys done and then move on to the pikes. And then from then on, it's going to be fun stuff like cavalry and monsters and stuff. So that'd be fun. How about you, Matt? What have you been working on? So I'm still plotting away at my dragon empire. I've moved on to a unit of ogres. So they'll be ogre palace guard for Basalia. Um, and I've bought a whole bunch of old war dancer models for Boss Grace for Sylvankin because I have a forest-based elven army, um, so I thought I'd add some of them. I actually put a shout-out on the local wargaming groups thinking I might end up with a couple of troops, but um, when people dig their models out, I can't say no, and I think I've got about 40 or 50 <laughs> old war dancers now. Um and I need to start up my Amata, but after um, over the coming weeks when I've heard you guys having issues with all your cleaning and I'm pretty lazy, I've decided um, to employ one of my mate's kids to do all the cleaning and assembly for me. 
So I'll wait until he does that. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> then, that illegal? Uh, Isn't that illegal? Not in Australia. Isn't that a whole continent of con- of uh, convicts? Exactly. Exactly. You know, and not in... Not if his dad gives permission for the slave labour. Um, hey, I've told him he can set his price. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's going to happen for me. <laughs> There's a chance one of the others will come and do my gardening as well, but, you know. We'll that <laughs> um, going, come on, Steve. The, the only reason you're upset is because you didn't think of it first. I'm not upset. I'm full of absolute admiration of the man. He's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if it works out, I don't think I'll ever assemble a model again, to be honest. Um, I just, I hate the tidying up and, and cleaning of the models. So um, we'll see how that goes. And then I'll get on to painting it. I think I'm going to use contrast paints fairly heavily, but I'll highlight them up. But I'll I'll basically go contrast on the Armada and try and get it done pretty quickly. And it's starting with the base aliens and uh, going from there. How about you, Rob? What are you up to? You've been bombarding us with pictures. I haven't really been painting all that much. I, it seems like I'm still just cleaning and organizing, right? Like trying to get the piles put together. Um, you know, hobby-wise, you know, I've, I've built a fairly large Night Stalker army that we'll chat about later. I've been playing Kingdoms of Halfmen, so that's got my juices flowing for, oh, I need, a, I need a horde of this, I need a regiment of that, I need another cannon. Scheming in the background, really. And hopefully I've got next week off, the week of Christmas off, so hopefully... Uh, I'll be able to use that time to actually get some paint on, you know, get the Armada stuff painted up first and then get back to some some uh, Kings of War stuff. All right, let's slide into a commercial break and we'll be back in a moment. Hey, I'm Alessio Cavatore and you're listening to Counter Charge. And welcome back. And we're going to now do our 2020 year in view. Uh, Jeremy, if you want to start us off with some uh, stats about uh, the podcast for 2020. Yeah, so we got you guys 71 episodes this year, which is down a little bit. I think in the past we've we've hit that 80, 90 episode mark, but even though the quantity maybe wasn't as high this year, I feel like quality-wise we really got you guys a bunch of great episodes. And then also I think there is something to be said about living within the 2020 pandemic with just not as much in-person events or conventions or uh, book tours or whatever you want to say. We just, I don't, I don't think quite had, had as many of the event coverage type episodes, which is where that little uh, quantity fall off was. Um, but we did bring you guys a bunch of great content um, from all sorts of aspects of the hobby, painting, 3d printing, army reviews, YouTube stars, uh, I, I feel that we had a really great um, variety of content. You know, we always talk about how one of our mission in, in the show is to produce content that maybe you won't like every episode each week, but there will be in a given month an episode that you that fits your niche in the hobby. And I think we did a great job this year continuing to carry that banner of trying to make an inclusive space for content for all the different types of listeners. Um, so we're just going to go over some of our favorite as hosts, what episodes we really enjoyed this year. Um, so I'll start off first. So some of my favorite episodes were uh, the call to arms updates that Alex, Matt, Steve, and I did. You know, we had a really fun, I believe, guys, was that the second call to arms? I've, I've lost track of how many they were. Which, was that the second call to arms? I think that was the uh, It was the one before fourth this one. one, so it was the fourth, okay. yeah. Fourth, okay. Mm. Yeah. Where where we'd get Matt fresh, fresh in the morning as, as the dew is still wet on the plains of Australia. Uh, it would be me on my lunch break 
And then uh, those were really just super fun episodes talking about, you know, our weekly call to arms games, what we were thinking about call to arms, etc. Those were just uh, super fun. Um, I also enjoyed having uh, we were really able to get you guys a bunch of great um, episodes this year with um, different personalities in the community. Um, So I know having Ash from Gorilla Miniature Games and Luke Fellows from Luke's APS were really fun episodes. Definitely go back and check those. Those are sort of um, not necessarily related to anything calendar-wise, so those would be great episodes even months later to go back and listen to. I think you guys would enjoy them. And then Rob and I's sort of uh, fireside chats a la Unplugged Radio where we just get together and answer questions from you guys has been really great. And I think that's been a, a sort of mission that we've tried to do this year is to include the audience in as much of our gaming lives as possible, either through the show or I, I've had you guys vote on and then write write my list for Call to Arms, which has been super fun. So I know that's been one of our missions, too, is to try to make you guys feel not only uh, have good content for you, but make you feel included uh, in the process. What about you, Steve? What what were some of your favorite episodes this year? Yeah, I love being in those question and answer episodes, too. They were you know, really... I'm just joking. Just kidding. I'm actually... <laughs> weren't allowed to join in those ones. <laughs> you haven't reached that level layer of Mason yet, right? You're, you you got to get to like the ninth level Mason. I don't even know the handshake. I, it's a, look, I actually really, really enjoyed the Call to Arms episodes. And I was thinking about why did I enjoy them so much? And I've always, um, you know, because obviously we, as a podcast, we're kind of, our function really is we're kind of like, a, you know, end-to-end kind of coverage of the hobby of Kings of War, right? So we're not that kind of, the kind of buddy um podcast where people kind of sit and, and shoot the breeze and talk about you know like unplugged radio which i just adore listening to but for that kind of period because it was during uh the first lockdown or the second lock- one of the lockdowns we were locked down um it was a really you know pretty stressful and often quite a lonely time um just sitting at home or dealing with uh you know teaching kids at home and it wasn't much fun and actually um for me that was it was so cool to just sit back and chill with um it had to be you guys unfortunately it would have been nice to be with some cool people but um you know with some really <laughs> some really great guys and we just uh, it was just lovely to kind of sit and talk about our games and talk nonsense and um you know for me have a drink for matt just wake up but it was that's just i just really enjoyed it and i kind of really treasured that time and i felt a bit sad when call to arms came around this time that i got so burnt out on universal battle i just didn't want to participate it anymore and i kind of i missed that a little bit but i really enjoyed that um and I really, um, the other ones that I, I, I thought were really cool um, was I was really grateful to, to Matt James for coming on and kind of giving us those kind of exclusive uh, behind the scenes looks at all the kind of stuff. And he was really, you know, pretty outgoing and um, stepped into the limelight a little bit more, I think, this year as, as kind of a chair of the rules committee to kind of say, you know, this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to do it. Brought some new people on and he gave us loads of information about that. So big thank you to Matt for doing those with us. That was really cool as well. Uh, who's next? Um, Mark. Uh, what was your favorite episode? Well, I know what well, your favorite episode was. <laughs> well, my favorite episode is, yeah, that one's a no-brainer. I really enjoyed having Duncan Rhodes uh, join Felix and I on the show. That was uh, an awesome episode. We had a great time with it. 
Um, we uh, actually, in the background, uh, suffered some technical difficulties that we got through, but uh, I think the episode turned out great. It was a good time. I'm actually talking to Duncan to see if I can get um, Roger on the show with us next time. So I'm uh, engineering that. We'll we'll see if it happens or not. You know, Duncan's such a big star and all there, but, uh, you know, I haven't seen a Kings of War miniature come out. So I'm going to remind everybody if... Uh, if you haven't yet, go over to the Duncan Rhodes Academy, uh, click on the Contact Us button, and request uh, Kings of War miniatures to be painted. Because as Duncan tells us on the show, you know that's how he picks what's going to be next, and uh, you know the type of miniatures that he's going to do. So um, <clears throat> I don't know if we got enough uh, requests for Kings of War miniatures because we haven't seen one yet. But you know, hey. The button's over there. You can go click it and uh, put in something, and maybe a Christmas wish for Kings of War players across the world will come true, and Duncan will paint some Kings of War for us. And, of course, my other favorite episodes for the year was anytime I had Wing Tassar Publishing on. You know, if I have Brandon or something like that join Felix and Ben and I in the Narrative Workshop, that is always a pleasure. And there is so much excellent coverage and fluff and everything coming on we get more fluff we're certainly going to discuss more fluff i'm really looking forward to it and i really enjoy having the wing to sar guys join us on the show so alex what have you enjoyed so far this year clearly my favorite episode is the or was the lost episode it was really the highlight of the year for me yeah this was the one that came out last sunday honestly um as a before i was a member of the countercharge team the army reviews were always my favorite episodes. Like it just, that's what I, I was always waiting for the next army review, no matter what it was, those were always my favorite. So being able to lead and put together the Ratkin army review at the beginning of the year was kind of like this weird fanboy moment come true. So that was amazing. I had a really good crew of guys come together and talk about my favorite army for like four and a half hours, which was awesome. It was really like, kind of a amazing highlight at some point we need to share the other three hours yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that, that that was a long night but it was i i could have like talked all day with those guys about rats it was amazing uh big thanks to all of them for taking part and then like uh jeremy and steve were saying the call to arms episodes during the summer were were really fun like it's just a good, you know, weekly, bi-weekly kind of just hang out, but also, you know, talk about the games and that call to arms this summer was kind of, I've been in every call to arms so far and they're usually like 40 or 50 people, same kind of group group of guys every time. But this, the one this summer was kind of special just because everyone was in lockdown and everyone was like, I need to play. So it's, you know, it's huge, really international. Some people who had never played with the Universal Battle before, just, you know, who are still, you know, experienced players but it's like the community it just felt like the community was coming together for that and f to be able to just hang out and chat about that and shoot the <laughs> or whatever with like the guys uh sword clang it was a uh, it was just amazing time and like steve i'm like this time with call to arms it's just not quite the same it's a bit it's more relaxed because there's a little less pressure but it, I do miss that weekly, you know, kind of recap hangout to talk about the games. Those, I think, were some of the great, like, in addition to, you know, all the other, we had some great guests here and there throughout the year, which are awesome. But those, I think those are my three, you know, big highlights for the year. How about you, Matt? 
Yeah, I've got a few favourite episodes. Like you guys, I really enjoyed our Call to Arms episodes. Maybe it's just because Papa Rob wasn't there to moderate us. Um, I'm, I'm glad the pre and post wasn't wasn't um, <laughs> recorded as well. Sometimes it felt like, you know, we're just getting together at that time to verbally punch each other in the googlies, you know. Um, that probably went with me getting smacked around in that Call to Arms as well. So I enjoyed those. I really enjoyed the resin episode recently because uh, I really had no not not much of an idea of the process of resin versus plastic versus metal and and how that went down and so getting the Mantic employees on. Uh, so that was episode four five nine. Uh, Ash Barker at four five three with Jeremy. I thought that was good. He's just a really fun guy and and even though you don't necessarily see lots of Kings content from him, it was obvious that he, he did really know the game so he was aware of it so that was good and i really enjoyed the episode i did um all the way back at 418 with tracy the list build studio i really enjoyed talking to different people about how they how they do their lists and go about playing the game so yeah they were my they were my favorites and what about you uncle rob i gotta echo what alex said i his his one and only episode that he that he was in charge of uh you just heard it last weekend it was really good um and then you know, I think it was episode 422 with Ronnie that we had that, that, you know, I think it started off as like, hey, you know, we're getting into this COVID thing. Hey, let's let's get Ronnie on to just chat about COVID and life and things like that. And, you know, it, it kind of went a little bit all over the place. It, it, you know, it's centered around Kings of War, but I think it was a really heartfelt conversation between friends. And it was really um, it was really fun to do. I hopefully folks enjoyed it but i think it gave another another opportunity to see you know through the lens behind the scenes what's going on you know at at mantic more recently 465 the community you know how to build your community or whatever we called it community building a community i don't know that was a good one because i think it became a lightning rod for many many discussions about building your local scene which you know i think will will pay dividends long term so uh th- those are those are my three favorite but it's you know to be fair, Matt, it's hard to pick. I mean, there's 71 of them, and I think they're all pretty damn good. Well, there's a couple Steve did that were <laughs> though, let's be honest, but most of them were pretty good. <laughs> hey! Good God, man, I'm responsible for 60% of the content. Give me a break here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it was a good year. Yeah, and back to the number of episodes, I think differently. I mean, I've only been on this year, but I think we've really had to work hard to include the whole hobby, haven't we? We haven't had those for... I, I think most of that difference would be accounted for via not having tournament tournament episodes, I reckon, surely. I, I think if we looked at it episode on episode that we would have more on the hobby as a whole this year than we have in the past. Yeah, and I, I missed Masters this year for work reasons, and so that's, you know, that's 20 hours Seven of content. Episodes. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's, you know, in the past, we uh, that's all I would do is go and record for two days, three days. Now, um, so. Yeah. If you had a crystal ball and you saw and you knew that COVID was coming, would you have like just said, screw it, I'm going to Masters no matter what? I, I wish I could, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I had started a new job and they're like, you're going to Oklahoma City. And then I was thinking, well, how, how can I fly from Oklahoma City to upstate New York with the weather and stuff? It just was so it was impossible to predict. And so I just couldn't I just couldn't get a ri- I, I didn't want to get stuck in Oklahoma City wanted to say real quickly one thing that sort of resonated and stuck out with me is not only all the content that we produced but the content that our contributors helped us produce so i think it's we really should give a shout out to right to to felix and to ben and to billy um we had tom the spy master on a bunch of episodes this year 
Mike Adkins, Britons from the Dash 28 Live guys. We did those crossover episodes with the Unplugged Radio dudes. So uh, I think in like a holistic sense, we really got a bunch of voices on the show for this year from all over. Um, so shout out to thank you to all the contributors and everyone who helped us uh, do content this year. Well, we go ahead and slide into a commercial break. And then we're going to come back on the other side and we're going to talk about one of Rob's favorite topics, Kickstarter. This is Scarface. I'm the Great Con. And this is Rico Ratasquico. And we're the War Kings, and you're listening to Counter Charge. Yeah. And welcome back. All right. Kickstarter in 2020. Jeremy, I love your comment here in the show notes, so I'm going to let you start us off. You no, know, we had an interesting talk about last year yet, right, guys, when we did our year in review and sort of a lot of it was going towards less Kickstarter than more Kickstarter. And I will say that I did absolutely zero Kickstarter this year. Um, uh, big goose egg. Um, I have decided that not only I still have my issues with Kickstarter, meaning you pay and then have to wait a year to get it, but especially I feel so so pivotal in today's world with the lockdowns and COVID that we really have to step up and do our part to support our local game stores. So I'm now trying to do 100% buy all of my game products through my local game store or through a local game store. Like I talked about, I bought a bunch of my stuff from the War Room this year. So really, I'm trying to, unless it's absolutely impossible for me to get something from my local store, and then I'll get it on Amazon or whatever. But for me, that's sort of been the nail in the coffin on my Kickstarter is the pandemic. And... Um, to just, uh, you know, get away from Kickstarter. So now I have my wall of shame in my uh, garage is just as full. Uh, I got a unput together Sisters of Battle Army. I have uh, some elves. I have abyssals. But they just have been purchased from my local game store as opposed to a Kickstarter or, um, you know, no shade on anyone who still does Kickstarter, you know, totally go for it. But for me, I've just decided to take that Kickstarter funds and just pump it into my local store. Um, what about you, Steve? You, you pick up any, uh, I know you've been getting more and more into 3d printing. So did you pick up any cool stuff in, from Kickstarter this year? Yeah. And that's pretty much, so it's really interesting. I was looking back in Kickstarter and actually Kickstarter is really quite bad at giving you the chronology of when you, when you purchase things, and I was trying to find, so in, in 2019, I'd bought a lot of board games on, on Kickstarter, which were only kind of available on Kickstarter. And they've been kind of trickling in uh, through 2019 and 2020. My, my wife has uh, raised, uh, you know, an eyebrow occasionally as, as yet another board game arrived. And I'm like, hey, family game night. And we played them, actually. We've had uh, quite a good uh, time with those. But those were 2019. And it was 2020. The only thing that I've bought on Kickstarter in 2020 is... Um, is STL files for 3D printing, and which I think is kind of a completely valid way. You can't get them from the local game store, so I don't think I, I feel, don't feel like I'm taking away from any uh, local business by doing so, um, because you can't really get that stuff um, anywhere else. You can get it on Patreons or whatever, but it's pretty much the same, 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 same. Um, and you just, you know, the deals you get in Kickstarter are, are ridiculous. They are really, 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 really good, which is why I can't resist them. I often um, I hit up uh, Bob, who's a, a TO here in the UK. Um, and also Mark Cunningham. So there's another TO in the UK, all both of whom have got 3D printers and uh, have been backing the old Kickstarter every now and then. So we kind of uh, converse about which ones we're going for and what we're going with. So I've I've bought a bunch, a bunch of um, Kickstarters, eight in total uh, for 3D printing. And, and I've printed some of 
them. I think most of them. I was kind of going because I wanted to. I, I was desperately trying to find some printable trees uh, because I'm kind of. Uh, I find war game trees to be punishingly expensive. And I was working up to this tournament and I wanted some war game trees. So I just kind of. I tended to go for all these Kickstarters that had trees in them and also cool buildings. Uh, and then I printed a bunch of them and uh, just been enjoying those. But that, but that's it, really. I haven't bought any. I, I was looking. League of Infamy was just before. It was 2019, end of 2019, wasn't it? Which was the last kind of really, really big Kickstarter I kind of went in on, went all in on. And that's that's delayed now. Apparently sitting on a cargo ship in a Chinese harbour waiting to be shipped is all of our League of Infamy pledges. Um, but that's going to form quite a central part of my hobby for the year coming. But that, that's definitely it for Kickstarter. And really, I think very much the the shine has gone off Kickstarter for a lot of people. And 3D printing, I think, is is responsible for that, really, because what you know what would you get on kickstarter that you you wouldn't get somewhere else now and i can't yeah i don't know what people would be backing now really it doesn't it it doesn't jump out maybe i'm wrong maybe people are like no no kickstarter is definitely a thing still but you know people just back the bones kickstarter don't they and wait for the latest thing to come out and that's never appealed to me because having buckets full of random miniatures just no thanks very much i've already got buckets full of random miniatures so yeah um uh, who's next mark how about you well, I agree with you, Steve. There's so many things that are on Kickstarter right now, especially board game wise. And the only reason to really back it is if you want the Kickstarter exclusive stuff. But there's so many that I've that it's kind of made me lose interest in it because I can't have it all. I don't have the room for it. I don't have the time for it. I only backed two last year, which for me is amazing. Of course, I backed the Dice Tower. I only spent five bucks to get the Gloomhaven scenario, but, you know, always got to back my boy Tom Vassell and the guys over there, Eric Summoner, and, you know, big shout out to them. They're still going. And uh, so I always throw a few dollars their way. And then somehow, on accident, I backed Zero Leader by Dan Verson Games. Um, I, I, I still remember when my wife looked over, she says, what is this charge for a hundred hours on Kickstarter? I'm like, uh, I don't know. What is it? She says, why don't you look? Uh, so I looked and it's like, Oh my God, I forgot to cancel this. So, but I already have Corsair leader. And so when I saw it zero leader, I charged it and I was planning on canceling it and I never did, but I'll be happy when it arrives. It's a, it's another solo game. And, uh, eventually I'll be, uh, playing that, but, uh, Corsair leader is fun. And so I'm looking forward to the changes that they make in zero leader. And I understand there's a way you can stitch the two of them together. So that's going to be interesting for me. So, but uh, yeah, just down to two. And quite frankly, I don't look at it very much. If somebody says there's a Kickstarter, I'll go up and look, but I've got enough uh, Kickstarters that I haven't even opened yet that I don't need any more. So, <laughs> so I'm kind of staying away for right now. How about you, Alex? Yeah, I stayed away from Kickstarter this year as well, uh, but kind of to Steve's point, I did discover Patreons for SDL files, and uh, Eamon, from, he was on our 3D printing episode, he lives a couple blocks away, so he's got a few printers on the go pretty much 24-7 over at his place. So if I see something I like, you know, join the, S join the Patreon, or sometimes he just joins it because he can have more access to more stuff for his printing empire. So I just kind of been looking at those, which is, I think Patreon is maybe the new wave of Kickstarter or, you know, pseudo Kickstarters for people who just want to do, you know, a little bit at a time 
or especially for STLs, is like just pay the monthly fee and then you get a new batch of miniatures available to you every month as opposed to pay and then wait. Or I guess with Kickstarter STLs, you probably get them a lot sooner than miniatures. But for me, yeah, it's just been finding specific Patreons for like very specific miniature ranges for either like sci-fi stuff or you know there's that um asgard rising which is you know viking undead which is pretty cool which i might try to like build an army out of next year depending on how much i enjoy painting resin miniatures but yeah so i'm pretty much stayed away from kickstarter we'll see how the the 3d printing patreons pan out over the next year or so though how about you matt uh, so for me, I'd written down that I hadn't backed any Kickstarters, but then Facebook advertising <laughs> and you guys have been reminding me what I did back. Um, but I think the only gaming-related ones I backed were a couple of more terrain-based printing SDL um, Kickstarters. Uh, not that I use my own printer much anymore, but I've been... So one was more Asian-themed terrain, so I can use it for multi-basing and terrain to go with the Dragon Empire, and another one more recently that was a bit more spooky undeady. So there's a um, one of our local shops does really high-quality resin printing, so I bought that and then using it to support them by getting them to print it for me and at a good quality uh, and paying them to do it. So um, that's what I did gaming-wise, and then all my other Kickstarters were non-gaming-related. Well, actually, that's not true. The one, one arrived yesterday, which is a a laser engraver so i'll probably try and use that for some hobby things once i figure out how to use it hopefully it just doesn't oh, end so up cool. sitting I've, next to a 3d printer <laughs> I, i've really wanted one of those for for quite a while but i'd, ne- I'd never kind of i've always thought it looked wildly dangerous so please let me know if it burns your house down because i'm really uh, interested. yeah and if i die i'll let you know yeah i'll lose my Does sight it do engraving and cutting or just engraving no just engraving so it's just a little thing like it's it's probably not much bigger than a couple of the couple of the Amada booster boxes. So um, we'll see how it goes. It's supposed to be able to engrave on most materials. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that works out. And then all my other Kickstarters were non-gaming related. I think I've got one that's like a whiskey decanter set <laughs> uh, and some other, you know, just tech tech kind of things. But, but that's it. How about you, Rob? You were committing to cutting down on Kickstarter. I absolutely did commit to that, and I think I did uh, knock it out. I've, I actually only backed one Kickstarter last year, uh, and that was just like thirty bucks on Heroes of Adventuria Two from Westphalia. Yeah, I, I, you know, this whole like fear of missing out thing, and gotta have it, gotta have it. I, I'm over it, dude. I'm at the age now where I can wait, and if it's a good product, it'll, it'll find its way to the market, and, I, and I'll buy it. So, uh, yeah, uh, really substantially cut down from where I was in, in 2019. Ironically, I'm still waiting on I've – got a, I've got a big Kickstarter coming from – a 2019 Kickstarter. So I've got a bunch of half-men showing up in the near future. Kind of repeating what Jeremy said, I, I spent, you know, uh, probably more money than last year, but I just channeled it to the store. So I just bought things that, you know, Kings of War related or accessories like, war, you know, bases or dice or whatever. I'm just – more games, more board games. Just bought it right from the store. Kickstarter's it's in an interesting place. You know, uh, I listened to a podcast called Board Game Insider, which uh, they actually had a list of the top ten tabletop companies 
um, by revenue on Kickstarter. And actually, I was really surprised. Uh, Mantic was number ten on the list. You know, so Mantic is you know successfully using uh, Kickstarter or have used Kickstarter over the over the years. But I do like the fact that it seems like for some of their flagship products, they're transitioning away from that. Kings of War being uh, the obvious one. I don't know how much you guys have been following the news, but you know, Awakened Realms, which is probably like one of the maybe the second or third largest. Uh, company that from a revenue standpoint on Kickstarter has left Kickstarter and started their own Kickstarter like thing where it's free and it's called Gamebound. And a lot of people are poo-pooing it and saying, oh, it's not going to work. And you know what? When a company with that much money behind it gets it to go and they've pulled all their projects to going forward to this new site, I, I, I don't want to bet against it. So it'll be an interesting year uh, in 2021 for Kickstarter because there's lots of competition. Um, you know, Alex, you mentioned Patreon. That's another great example. People traditionally would have used Kickstarter in the past to, to fund you know, an STL project, right? Now they just, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to go the Patreon route. It's almost like a subscription service. What do you guys think about Kickstarter in the future? I think the, the, the thing that Alex brought up is really interesting in that um, the whole STL Patreon Kickstarter thing where you see that a lot, right? I know Raging Heroes has their own uh, uh, Patreon where it definitely seems to be like that sort of monthly subscription basis for STL files as the more people, the more and more people who get into 3D printing as a hobby, because it really is its own hobby. And as the one reason why I haven't got it into it yet, I still have my airbrush in a box that I haven't tried yet, let alone getting a printer and leaving that in a box as well. But I definitely can see Kickstarter or Patreon going, becoming popular in those ways, as in, a lot of those companies are, are 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 finding profitability right in just releasing SEL files, whereas a couple years ago they would be releasing the resin miniatures of those SEL files, and now they're just not even bother producing the miniatures themselves. They're just giving you the files. So I think that's why probably one of the more interesting things for me to see coming out of Kickstarter and Patreon is more and more these just total totally wild, um, really out there. Uh, awesome looking uh 3d printing stuff yeah i can't see i think <clears throat> for sdls let's talk about that kickstarter still has a place because the patreon you know if you really love raging heroes then you subscribe to their patreon and you get but you know who's going to be printing all the because that's one of the problems is it's a subscription right so every month is something different and I don't necessarily want to print something different every single month unless it's my business. So I'd, I'd rather have, you know, if it's a Kickstarter, the ones that I've backed have been a whole set like Matt's with his Asian terrain, right? So it's a whole set of terrain that I want or is a whole a whole kind of themed thing that I want. That's that's kind of where I think Kickstarter works for those. Because if you look at things like printable scenery, which is the, the, the biggest, certainly the most premium terrain uh, STL uh, company, um, and their terrain is incredibly expensive. If you buy it from their store, if you you know waiting waiting for it to come to the store, um, it's 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 not cheap. Each building is like fifteen fifteen dollars for a single building, but if you pay, I can't remember what it was. I think it was forty dollars, and you get like fifteen buildings, and they're all amazing. They're just amazing. So that's where Kickstarter is really great for those kind of things. Does it have a future for board games and such? I think it's had its day. Um, you listen to the um, some of the podcasts that talk about Kickstarter and board games a lot. Um, they're getting increasingly dissatisfied with the model and particularly with the quality and the wait times and the lead times. And I'm not sure 
I'm not sure the market is still there. It's still chundering onwards, but I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to see the revenues and the, all that kind of stuff. I say interested, not that terribly interested. It's funny you say that because, you know, people think, um, you know, the hobby board game market, which is what we're typically talking about uh, on Kickstarter, is some huge thing. Somebody pointed out on one of the podcasts that Hasbro has enough money in the bank to buy the entire industry <laughs> if they wanted to. I'm kind of right there with you where I am seeing kind of like when I do look at Kickstarter, I'm just not excited about it. Like, it's a pre-order service. Great. And if it's a big company with a great product, I'll buy it from my store. Well, it's a, and it's a pre-order service without any real defined timeline, right? And particularly with this year, um, you know, it can be wildly late. So, um, which which typically, you know, if it's being produced, yes, that can happen with any any, any other sort of system. But um, it tends to be more inconsistent. And I think people seem to just be getting over that kind of model. I agree with Steve for, for STLs. But I think, Rob, I think you really hit the nail on the head with your FOMO or getting over your FOMO. Because I think, because they try to tap into that desperation. Like Kickstarter's like, oh, you'll miss out. You'll miss out if you don't like get pay now. But I think you just need to relax. And like, if it's a good product it and it's a good, you know, it, it, it sells now, they'll make it. And then when it comes to market, it will be available and you can get it then. And the two years they've been holding your money yeah you could be earning interest or spending it on other things and then when it's actually available you can just spend the money then i think just being scared of that you know that false scarcity you know play that they that kickstarter uses is just it has a limited run in the market i think all right, we're going to go into another commercial break, and then we'll be back very shortly to talk about Mantic's Kings of War releases for 2020. I'm Ronnie from Mantic Games, and you're listening to Countercharge. And we are back. So, Mark, why don't you take us through the Mantic Kings of War releases that we've had in 2020? There you go. Thanks, Steve. You know, there were a lot of releases this year. I was actually kind of impressed. I remember years past that uh, we had pretty uh, empty shelves, but uh, not this year. And I was also taking a look at this uh, and putting together a shopping list, actually, because I missed some of this stuff. So I can't say I missed it, I guess, but, you know, I don't have it. So we'll have to see. But uh, let's start off. So um, back in February 2020, uh, pre-pandemic, and I believe these were released in March, the Abyssal Dwarfs broke their way into Panathor and into the world and... This, again, I believe these were released just before the pandemic uh, got real serious. But we had the Abyssal Dwarf Mega Army that was uh, released uh, with 40 of those brand new plastic black souls, uh, three of the PVC golems, a uh, metal iron caster, a metal slave driver, three of the resin grotesques, and 21 hard plastic slave orcs. Because who doesn't need 21 plastic slave orcs? And then, of course, alongside of that, we had the regular-sized Abyssal Dwarf Army with 30 of the Black Soul Decimators and 10 of the PVC Half-Breeds, which nobody likes putting together, and a Metal Overmaster, which was very cool. And then there is the unit that I think I want to uh, pick up, but I'm not quite sure what I do with it, so that's why I haven't picked it up yet, and that is the Hellfane. And there have been some excellent painted examples of these all across the world and uh, have been featured in Steve's uh, updates and things like that. And so the Hellfane is very, very cool. After that, we had the Grotesques and, of course, the Grotesque Champion. And then, if you didn't want to buy the army, of course, you could buy a regiment of the Black Souls slash Decimators. 
And so that was very cool. And those were really kind of interesting. Did anybody pick up any of these plastic abyssal dwarfs? No, I didn't. No, I didn't think amongst us, I didn't think there's any abyssal dwarf players. I think it's kind of a big No, we're all too here. clean for that. Yeah, we're not filthy players like we're that. We're the good Although guys I, I of do... the Kings of War universe. They should write a book about us. <laughs> uh, that's a message to you. Yeah, yeah, right about us. I don't think uh, I don't think any of us got them. It's just I think the Hellfane's really cool, but um, I, they don't really appeal to me in the aesthetic. Um, I like the golems and that kind of stuff, but some of these releases, the the crisp people have been absolutely going wild about how how good they are, and some people have kind of really jumped on board with the Kings of War just because of these models. So they're definitely hitting the spot. Yeah, I didn't pick them up because I already have a fully painted Abyssal Dwarf army. So you know, I just need to supplement it that's why i was just thinking the hellfane so but um you know the other thing too is they released the vanguard booster for the abyssal dwarfs tool which also had some really cool models in it as well which was very very neat and then of course something near and dear to my heart in march we had the new easy army website release which was very cool and uh yes i'm gonna say it could you spot blaster on the page so <laughs> very cool and of course this went to a subscription service so i believe it's 20 bucks a year you get full access other than that you've got some uh free access with some limited type of uh usage on the site but um you know throw a few pence over there and um you know sign up for an account you won't regret it so all right, and then in June, we had a little break there as uh, the world was scary and uh, nobody knew what was going on. And then we had the Vanguard two-player starter set get released, which was very cool, of course. That featured the, I'm going to say, Basileans but, uh, and the Night Stalkers in there. And, um, you know, this is the rumored two-player starter set back from the Kickstarter. So uh, they finally put that out to get people into Vanguard. And then they put out the Forces of the Abyss, Well of Souls, another model that I don't know how this did. Did anybody pick this one up? Well of Souls, yeah. Did you buy it, Alex? I didn't. Uh, one of our local guys got it. I think they're using it in their Night Stalkers army. It's pretty cool. It's really nice. I really like that model. I, I think it's of the new releases, it's one of the better ones. I think it's excellent. Yeah, it, it's like it's super dynamic and just like, just. It, I think it, make, it will make a really great centerpiece for an army because it's really. It's got a lot going on, but in a good way. It could be anything as well. Yeah. The only tough one with this is that there's so many great demon models, right, that companies have of, like, mm. winged demon whatever. Mm, yeah. So I think this is one of those uh, spaces where there's, like, really tough competition, especially in people who do who want to do 95 or 90% Mantic Army but want, like, a big centerpiece model for Abyssals. Well of Souls or Archfiend usually is that uh, segment to get in that big model. But definitely agree with you guys. It is super cool, but just in a, at a spot that has a lot of competition, I think. Yeah, I think, but the one thing that's good about it is that it's made for the base size. I think a lot with a lot of those really dynamic no, you know, that's third, third, third party miniatures, they're tough to fit on a 50 or 75 mil base sometimes just because those manufacturers, just, they don't have those restrictions. So it's like you got to do some like, you know, funny basing or creative basing to get them on the right you know, 75 Titan base. Yeah. I was thinking that a lot of people that would want one have already built one, you know, on their own. So, but uh, hopefully they'll sell it. I think it's a pretty cool model. I just, you know, I don't have an abyss uh, army that's on the make right now. So, but uh, you know, it's still a pretty cool model. I kind of liked it. So, but Jeremy, uh, you're going abyssals, right? Are you going to, going to go well of souls in your abyssals? 
Um, I'm, he's, all, he's using all flame bearers, right? Is that just? It's just all flame bearers. No, I've never. Sorry, too cheesy. I forgot. I've never. I've never. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Cheese, but uh, I have some lists with that in. But again, I love the Well of Souls, but it comes into that. Um, there was like one creature caster model that I really loved. But if it comes down to where in my list it's all all mantic, and I have a Well of Souls. You know, I'll probably use the Mantic one, but if if I have a list where I have like a couple of demons and a Well of Souls, I might use that for like my sort of wow factor pieces. But I, like I said, like you guys said, it's definitely a flavorful, uh, on on point design model. And I think the point Alex brings up is very true. Having um, picked the um, uh, Manticore from Atlantis Miniatures for my Paladin on a Dragon. The basing for that was took a long time of like weights and building up hills and building up structure support. That if you are someone who, in building your models, you're not familiar with how to build up a base or or don't want to get into that, buying one that's specifically designed more to fit on the base is probably going to be a little easier. So something to consider, I think. Very cool. So in July, the very next month, I think that there was. One of my favorite units uh, released, and that was the Night Stalker Soul Flayers Regiment. I don't know why I like this so much, but it is really cool, and it's certainly on my order list. Um, very, very cool models. Uh, just really, really love those. Uh, also released that month was the Night Stalker Dread Fiend. And then, of course, we got some Northern Alliance. We got some Northern Alliance Clansman Regiment with two handed weapons. The Northern Alliance Pack Hunters Regiment, the Northern Alliance Ice Naiads Regiment, and the Northern Alliance uh, Thane on Frostfang. And then, of course, there were some web-only releases, which, uh, you know, we had quite a few of, actually, this year. We had the Northern Alliance Snow Troll Prime Upgrade Kit, the Northern Alliance Two-Handed Weapon Upgrade Kit, the Northern Alliance Bows Upgrade, and the Northern Alliance Ice Naiads Upgrade, which, you know, if you got a bunch of Naiads laying around, you want to upgrade them, there's a way to get them. But those are web-only exclusives. So very, very cool. So, Alex, you got rid of your uh, Northern Alliance army a little bit too early there, my friend. Yeah, I still love the miniatures. Like, the new releases are great. I, I might have to, you know, just rebuy everything next year. <laughs> there you go. Well, they made it easy for you. So, but yeah, I kind of was looking at the bow upgrade myself. For some reason, I always like bows. So, but um, so I was taking a look at that. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. My Northern Alliance army is still uh, in pieces. It's in various states of uh, creation at the moment. So, but again, more foreshadowing. So then we had to wait all the way to September for our next set of releases. And of course, this was Rob's favorite. We ended up with the Ogre releases, which were absolutely, totally awesome. We got the Vanguard um, releases, and then we also got the Kings of War units out of them. We got the upgraded Warrior unit, and then, of course, we got the long-awaited Shield Breakers, and we got the Matriarch, and um, we got the Boomer Sergeant, and the Crocodogs, and everything else. They were definitely awesome. So, Rob? This had to be your favorite release of the year. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about that in a minute when we get to our favorite models. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Ogre range, the resins are just, man, they are fantastic. If that wasn't enough, we got some more uh, goblins. So we got the Vanguard Warband released. 
Um, and then a couple more web only. If you didn't jump on that 10th anniversary diorama, you could go ahead and pick up the Northern Alliance uh, Clarion and the Night Stalker Dream Hunter, which are both very cool. So if I ever do a web order from Mantic, I'll definitely take a look at picking those up for sure. I really like the uh, Ram. I believe that's a Ram that the Northern Alliance uh, Clarion is sitting on. So I think he's a really dynamic model. I like him. The Dream Hunter's all right. I kind of fade in and out of Night Stalkers, so we'll we'll see how we go with that. All right, and then we moved into October. And then, of course, we had Matt James and everybody coming in because Halpy's Rift was released, our big book, and it also had the Clash of Kings 2020 information released in it. And so that was really exciting. So did everybody really enjoy their Halpy's Rift release? I did. I mean, I bought the digital version as well, and luckily, because my uh, my hard copy got stuck in the rain, so now I have a very a very uh, mangled Halpy's Rift book. But no, I've enjoyed playing the games that I've had with it, and I think it's great. And a bit of new fluff, fantastic. Yeah, it's been great. It's a nice addition to the to the world building, and you know, it's nice to have both the campaign book and the Clash of Kings updates in one book. And I, will, I was happy to see that I grabbed the last copy at our store, so it sold out at our local store, which is awesome to see. I, I've still only played the one game of Halpy's River, which is the one that I played for uh, the Battle Report um, that I did on my channel. But <clears throat> I kind of, it's a shame that it's it's been released at the time that it has, isn't it, really? Because I think it would have been in a lot more traction. I mean, we still remain hopeful. I know there's the Into the Rift campaign that, um, that they're running for Universal Battle, but I think uh, Mantic is still hopeful they can run a kind of a worldwide campaign to really get people playing it, because the temptation at the minute, isn't it, is just to kind of use the characters and the rules and kind of skim over the, the rule set, which is not balanced, but it is a lot of fun. And I think their hope was that you, people would kind of go for that, but people are just kind of sitting back and waiting a little bit, I think, and it's a bit, it's a bit of a shame. So I'm really hopeful that they can get that global campaign running again because I'm keen to get to get on with it. And the lore, the stuff in there is is really fun, uh, particularly if you're if you're a Ratkin player like myself and Alex and others. The the lore expansion of Ratkin you may not realise is massive in there. There's so much, um, so it's pretty cool. I thought one of the exciting things is that it really tied into the next release that was there, and that was the War in the Hold starter set. So we got our second starter set for Kings of War 3rd Edition, and it actually featured some of the characters in Halpy's Rift. So you really kind of get that back and forth, and I've really enjoyed Halpy's Rift a lot for the fluff. That's really been the thing that I've liked. But I really love these starter sets. And War in the Holds came with 40 the new hard plastic goblins and exclusive resin whiz, which is just awesome. Three trolls, which I'm actually working on two of them at the moment. Uh, 40 hard plastic radkin that I actually have over there waiting to get uh, their mold lines cleaned off. A uh, night terror and an exclusive resin warlock, which honestly is probably my least favorite miniature in the entire set. But And there's a Gamer's Edition rulebook, which is always handy. And then, of course, I like the little getting started booklet that they have because there's always a little three-part campaign in there, which is a lot of fun. And those armies are right around that sweet 100... Uh, and those armies are right around that sweet 500-point spot for me. So I really enjoy the starter set. So, uh, Rob, I think you picked up a couple of these, didn't you? I'm just thinking back to other companies' starter sets. You know, they typically go that that traditional good versus evil trope. And I like the fact that they didn't really use that. They just said, we want two cool armies in there. And, you know, um, Ratkin and Goblins, 
Awesome. Yeah, and they really made it work with the Halpies Riff campaign. It really tied in, you know, with uh, you know, all the fluff and them digging around and, you know, running into each other. I I it was really cool. And I really like the way that they spun the story in the little booklet. And you know, the one nice thing about those uh gamer books is if you've got a new gamer, you know, and you've got a pile of these, uh, you know, you can uh, give those away if you need to or something like that and get people into the game. So but I really like those. They're the nice soft back and it's all the rules and everything. It's just missing the fluff. So which is really cool. I like the gamer uh, book. And these aren't the little small ones that you're used to from the previous editions. This is a full sized uh, book. So very, very nice. Uh, also, uh, we had the Goblin Mega Army that was released. Uh, that came with 80 of those hard plastic goblins, So, which you could build as rabble, spitters, or sharp sticks. And uh, 16 of the hard plastic maw pups, those just come on the sprues. Six of the PVC trolls, 10 of the uh, flat... 10 of the PVC plastic flea blag riders, and then a resin goblin king. And of course the centerpiece, one big PVC plastic giant. So that thing is an awesome bargain. I, I really thought that that was a really good uh, army kit. And then of course you could pick up the regular size goblin army. If you uh, only wanted 40 of the hard plastic goblin infantry, uh, eight of the hard plastic maw pups, uh, one PVC goblin mincer and a mega and a metal goblin bigot. And six of the PVC trolls. Boy, they must have a lot of those trolls. They're showing up in everything. And if you didn't want to pick up one of the Megan armies, they also released the Goblin Regiment on its own if you just wanted 20 of the hard plastic goblins, which was pretty cool. So, all right. And then floating in November, and we've already talked about it enough here on the show already, but Armada was released. And no, not strictly King's War. It is in the King's War universe. And I am looking forward to some campaigns that are going to combine the fleet actions along with the action on the ground. So uh, we talked about it. And, uh, boy, I was kind of excited about it just because it's a little something different. It tied into Kings of War. And, you know, like I said, it, it, it really kind of scratched a different itch. So very, very cool. Did anybody else have any comments on Armada? You know, it's a fun game. I, you know, it's it's a different take in the sense that, you know, obviously they took the Black Seas rule set from Warlord Games and converted it over to Fantasy. So I think they, in most cases, I think they improved it by putting bases on the models, for example. Played it a few times and I enjoy it immensely. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to play yet. I've just been putting all the ships together, but the the models are great. All the doodads are great. I've watched some battle reports. I've looked at the rules. It looks pretty good. Very much looks as a, growing up playing Man of War so much in middle school and stuff, it definitely feels, um, like a good uh, game to scratch scratch that itch. So I'm really excited, looking forward to... Uh, and it's it's a game with only a couple miniatures per side, right? So easy to get painted and on the tabletop. And I can't wait for, obviously, next year when we get Empire Dust and Dwarf fleets. That'll be awesome. Yeah, uh, that's one of my looking forward things we'll circle back to when we look at we talk about what we're looking forward to in 2021. But design-wise, I love these ships, so I can't wait to see what they're planning for the other factions. Absolutely. I have a man of war table, uh, which is actually covered up by the felt and I haven't used it in a long time because I haven't had anybody to play man of war with. So I am really looking forward to that. Uh, it's all painted hand painted on my uh, hobby table, my four by four. So 
I'm really looking forward to getting the ships done and on the tabletop. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully it'll convince me that it's actually time to part with Man of War. We'll see. But uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. I've goofed around with it. I like the turning template with the bases and stuff like that for the turns. That's really kind of cool. And so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to Steve's uh, little tutorial on the PVA and the tissue because I'm probably going to steal that and do the bases and things like that. I don't know. I haven't figured it all out yet, but... Uh, I didn't pick up the acrylic bases, even though those look super cool. You know, I'm going to go with that. I'm not going to win any painting competition, so I'm just excited to take a look at them. I'm, I've taken a look at all the ships online and stuff like that, and the intimidation is real, at least for me. Yeah, and for, for my bases, I, I also just went with the standard MDF bases. All I did was I bought 30 millimeter wide magnetic tape uh, with adhesive backing, stuck them to the bottom of the bases, and then on the ends... Went in with some CA glue just to add some reinforcement, clamped it all together, and then when they're done, cut them to perfectly to length. And how has that been working? Has it, is it secure enough? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, you had to do the CA glue because the, the adhesive backing by itself was not sufficient. Sure, sure. Uh, but, you know, the CA glue seems to be locking it in place. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to see what is going to be happening with the Armada scene coming up. But again, more foreshadowing. So, And then in December, ending up the year... Uh, we ended up with our mounted goblins, which I have mentioned before, and I really think are really cool. So we got the goblin uh, flagget, the goblin king, and the goblin whiz all on their own individual maw beasts. And these are definitely on my buy list. So I'm going to definitely pick up all three of those. And I'm also got the uh, Night Stalker Soul Flayers Regiment on my list. So I'm very excited about that. So as soon as I get a large enough order that I can uh, place with the war room down there in good old Memphis, Tennessee, I will be doing so. And then they'll be winging their way towards me. So I'm very, very excited. Anybody else have any comments or are they as excited as I am about the mounted goblins? Yeah, without foreshadowing too much, those goblins are really great. I think they're some of Mantic's best stuff ever at up till now for sure but i've got a write-in here from us uh someone called an r berman that says just the word goblins written about 50 times i'm not quite sure what's wrong with him but uh yeah thanks for your input mr berman well thanks mark for uh that thorough breakdown of all of mantic's releases for the last year um we'll go into a word from our sponsor and when we return we will go through our personal favorites from Mantic from 2020. Hi, this is Rob Berman, and you're listening to Countercharge. Welcome back. And now we're going to go through our favorite Mantic releases for 2020. Uh, so, Jeremy, what were your favorite releases this year? Yeah, so as Mark said, a bunch of cool stuff came out this year. My number three, and I'll just go three, two, one. My number three was the Ogre Boomer Sergeant. Um, super cool model. Um, all of their Vanguard resins we've talked about on the show a bunch of times. Just amazing, amazing, amazing. I love the my uh, sort of critique for Mantic models has already always been. I would love they're static. I would love to see more motion. Um, and that model definitely has it with like the shell f- flying out of the pistols. Super cool. Number two is Mantic Goblins. Uh, what a great release! That army is really cool. Um, it was kind of maybe in the, uh, the orbit for my Mantic army, but, uh, Jeremy painting a horror army never happened. But now that I've been experimenting more with contrast paints, maybe there's a, a goblin army in my future. I'm not sure, but just top to bottom, what an amazing, uh, uh, stylistic, uh, 
army, you know, Mantic has really found what their goblins look like, and they're unique and central and, and, and different to the world of Panathor. So, very cool army. And then my number one is uh, Armada. Just uh, been waiting for a fantasy ship game for so long, and just having got these um, models, uh, especially the Abyss. Uh, so far, it's just the detail I think is amazing. I think they're just so stylistic, so cool. Uh, I can't wait to see what the like the extra large ship looks like. Um, but yeah, Armada is my uh, number one of Mantic products. What about you, Steve? What's your list? Yeah, so it, it was pretty hard. I mean, I think I, I really um, like the Hellfane model. So um, I, although I'm not an Abyssal Dwarf player and I actually don't particularly like the aesthetics of Abyssal Dwarfs, I think it's just got this really cool brooding menace about it. I wish the rules uh, matched how cool the model is or the pointing. But I think you know, the ones that I've seen painted, I think they're just brilliant. It, it's obviously got the kind of texture that takes paint incredibly well because people don't seem to be able to do it badly, right? It just comes across really well. So I'm a big fan of the Hellfane. I think um, if we're putting these kind of one, two, three, I think number two for me, it would be number one um, for the, uh, obviously the Armada models. They're, you know, anyone who listens to the uh, community update um, that I do knows how excited I got about <laughs> um, boats for some reason although i've never played a ship game i never even knew there was any ship games before this ship game came out um i just got very excited about boats and it says a lot about how how nice they are so i painted up the starter set and um my wife who is not a war gamer as you know and it takes a great deal of persuading to take show any interest came to me and said hey maybe we could play a game of that and i nearly fell off my chair i couldn't believe it that's that, that's how good the models were and um, i think it would be number one um if i didn't have bits broken off all my models and have to order extra sales and stuff but that's just me being petty um and then uh, number one has to be uh the the ratkin of course because i am uh mr ratkin um and i think you know it's it's kind of funny because having finished uh you know spent a year or more converting you know <laughs> model after model after model after model from the sci-fi game um they then very rudely bring out an entire fantasy range and go, well, why don't you paint these ones? It's like, I've just painted 200 rats. You want me to paint? Uh, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Um, but I can't be too bitter because looking at what's coming in the future, I think that uh, the Rackin line is just looking really, really strong. The stuff they showed off at the virtual open days. Oh, good. Um, I've got some of the models. I think they're just really clean and crisp. They're so much better than the, than the dead zone models um, in terms of detail and uh, crispness and clarity in their faces. And the character is brilliant. So that uh, rack him for me. Uh, Mark, how about you? All right. Well, my disclaimer is I didn't put any armada or I didn't put easy army on the list. So, but uh, my number three, the goblin whiz on the mob beast. I really like this one. He's my favorite of the mounted goblin characters kind of got the feel of uh, the special character that's in the War of the Holds box. So I really, really liked it a lot. And I'm looking forward to getting the two of them together on the tabletop sometime in the future. Uh, my number two is the Soul Flayers Regiment. Yes, I've, this one's definitely on my buy. I I have no idea what I'm going to do with this unit. Uh, obviously, I'm going to build it and try to put it on the field. But, you know, I just really like the models. And that's one of the things that Jeremy's brought up in the past is, you know, the one thing that he's really seeing with Mantic is Mantic's putting out models that you look at and go, I want to buy those. And this was the unit that really kind of brought that out to me. I really saw it and 
you know, if it was a little bit cheaper, I would have jumped on it right away. But, you know, I put my pence away and uh, I'm sure after Christmas, I'll have a little extra cash and then I'm going to jump on that regiment. So definitely really, really like those models. But the only reason it didn't make number one is because number one for me is definitely war in the holds because it just came with so much goodness in it. And I love starter sets. So uh, it really came out. Uh, the models are great. And you got the new Rackin models and you got the new Goblin models and you got the exclusive characters and you got the little booklet and everything else. And it was just really cool. So I really, really enjoyed uh, that and the starter sets. And if they do another one next year, I'm going to buy that one too. So that was my favorite of the year was war in the holds. So Alex, what do you got for number three? I got to say the, the new Vanguard ogre characters, especially the bully and the boomer sergeant, like those two for me, like really encapsulate the ogre vibe that Mantic creates. Like it's dynamic They're but they're not, you know, too brutish. They're just like, they're, I don't know. I, I just really like how dynamic they are. I've always thought that the ogre, ogres for Mantic have been one of their best armies, and I think the characters just take, kind of take it to that next level for them. Um, for number two, it's kind of heresy, but of the new two armies in the starter, I really like the new goblins, I think, more than the rats. Oh. <laughs> oh, I see. They, like... For me, like goblins across fantasy have always always a little too goofy to me, like a little too silly. The mantic goblins, like they look mean, like they look sinister. There's a little darkness in them, which I really like, and I think they're really nailing it now. Like the aesthetic for the the mantic goblins is like, spot on. Like it just, I don't know, it works really well for me. I don't think I could, I don't think I have another horde army in me for the next few years, but I I really like where they went with the goblins and the, with the new plastics and the new characters. Like they just look amazing. Um, and I'm going to cheat a little bit for my number one, but just to make up for number two, it hasn't been released yet, but Scud the Bud, the demon spawn for Gratkin, the, the teased photos that they've released uh, look amazing. Um, like Steve, I have, quite a large ratkin army already so i don't know if i'd go back and repaint hordes and hordes of rats but i definitely will be getting the new demon spawn miniature it looks incredible and i think it'll be a great centerpiece to replace my existing demon spawn that's like top of my list for next year how about you matt uh so it was really hard to choose so i've just kind of pulled three out of thin air uh, so number three, I had the new ogres. Uh, you guys have mentioned them all, all the others, but I particularly like the matriarch too. I think that's really that's a really cool model. Uh, number two, I had the goblin winget just from a coolness point of view. I think it's different to a lot of the other stuff going on in in Kings of War. And for some reason, just like Mark at number one, well, Mark didn't have it at number one, but just like him, I really like the soul flayers. So I think they've got a lot of character to them, and and uh, I had them at number one. What about you, Rob? Mine's a pretty quick one. You know, uh, I'll just mention, yeah, ogre characters are amazing, right? But number three, I've got the croc dogs, which are these little resin croc dogs that you could use on your uh, your units to mark units that have the croc dog upgrade. But also you can use them just um, 
you know, uh, just to spice up the base. I've actually thought about maybe just using them, you know, put put a bunch of them on a base and use them as a troop of uh, scouts would be awesome. So they're great little models. And with a heat gun, you can really change the dynamic. You can move their tail around a little bit, change some of their locations of their feet. The second one on my list is the Armada Basilean Abyss. A little bit of a cheat. You know, I really any of the, the, the those ships are I could have picked, but I went for the biggest one out today, which is the which is the Abyss. The detail is crazy, and then the one that you guys didn't mention is the Berserker Bully. That thing is stupidly awesome. Berserker standing on one foot, kind of leaping forward with this giant mohawk. I mean, number one is resin. The, the the detail is super crisp, but number two, the the pose is so dynamic. For anybody that still is out there going, I don't like Mantic models. Well, you should really look at this model because it's freaking amazing. So that's my top three Mantic models from uh, this year. All right. So that includes our top three releases for 2020. Now we might swing into our our top three favorite things, Kings of War related from 2020. Jeremy, do you want to kick us off? Sure. So my number one was the U.S. Masters that was held at the beginning of 2020 when there was still hope and joy left left in the world. Um held in upstate New York, and this was the first year where the Masters was held right along with the Best of the Rest, which was another tournament. So we had a giant room filled with hundreds of players. Um, Just super amazing. Um, uh, It was held at a casino, which was also a lot of fun. Um, Got to see uh, lots of people having a great time. I, I played craps with Shannon Shoemaker, uh, and Shannon owes me. He was going to buy me a, br- a burrito at Adepticon because uh, I helped him pay for his entire Masters trip uh, when I had the hot dice. And just Masters in general was really good. I finally had a solid finish. Um, the previous two Masters, I had just been absolutely just destroyed. So I was finally able to put together uh, a top 10 finish uh, for Masters that year. So super fun um riddle riddle of steel was great this year we had to do it digitally because of the pandemic but riddle of steel run by rashad in southern california is a really great tournament i was able to win that tournament and now i got a giant cool conan sword on my wall um but rashad is a a really good um designer of adding flavor to an event but still making it not super crazy with his themed conan uh uh, scenarios, but he really did a good job running that event on a universe battle and sort of like the side point of that too is, uh, thank you to everyone who's been doing the universal battle tournaments. Um, especially Mike Adkins and the dash 28 live guys dash 28 live has been another one of my favorite things from this year. Really, you know, um, in a recent episode, Tom said really like Mike has been one of the all stars for keeping the community going with the sort of, uh, design and implementation of dash 28 live hosting those streams have been great playing on them had been great uh matt and i g- got to have a game which was super fun when we forgot all the rules for our army because we were having so much fun just hanging out um but it, it's been a really uh, fun to be part of uh dash 28 live so those have sort of been my, my my top events from the year u.s masters and then being able to still kind of have that tournament feel as much as we can uh online um what about you steve what what are sort of your kings of war highlights from this year yeah you know i was thinking i was trying to think of games that i've played and there's been so few of them i could name them all um i only played in one tournament and i i didn't have the best time at that tournament just because uh for various reasons but i sucked in it basically um 
but the games that I've actually played of version three, you know, this year in 2020, I've really enjoyed. I kind of really settled into um, a little local scene. There's a couple of guys that live um, not too far away from me and I've played them a bunch of times and I've really enjoyed those games. Um, there's something about just having a regular gaming group and people you're familiar with. There's no pressure. It's just very chilled. And that's been kind of the 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 big change in really in 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 me when it comes to the game over this year has been that I've chilled out a lot. Um, I, I've seemed to have lost all competitiveness um, within me. Maybe it'll come back. I don't know. But I'm not interested really in that high competition. Really, um, I'm much more interested in just playing and having fun, and that's actually quite cool. Um, then I've I've completed so during lockdown I completed two armies. Um, one of which was certainly to the highest standard that I've ever painted. Um, which is really cool. It's nice to do that. Um, unfortunately, in doing so, I've completely burned myself. I am painting armies. Uh, I have no desire to do so. Um, but that was really um, good. So um, I'm really happy about those. And I'm sitting, I've moved my house around so they sit next to me all day now. All my armies sit next to me all day. So is I that the Twilight Kin, Steve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Twilight Kin army. Yeah, man, that, was, uh, that army looks really great. Thank you. Um, I'm really pleased with it. And I think I, annoyingly the the archdemon is the best model, and my list doesn't have the archdemon anymore. So I need to to find a way to put the archdemon uh, back into it. But um, so that's that. And then uh, the third one really was just I've you know I've put out quite a lot of video content um, this year as well, and I've I've tried really I focus on upping the quality of that to make it kind of more useful rather than just churning out boring battle reports or just doing the community update which is fine it's fun it's nice and easy but i wanted to produce something meaningful that actually kind of was useful um even during this lockdown time and i got to make some stuff um, with my wife which was awesome because uh, you know she is my life and that's um really really been very cool and uh yeah and the quality of it i've tried i've worked really hard on it and put a lot of um a lot of effort in so that's that's been really good and uh, people have responded really positively to it and we've got you know several hundred more followers on the youtube channel which is nice and yeah so i'm looking forward to continuing that so uh, mark how about we what have you been what have you been uh, uh mark what have been your favorite things i start fucking my life hey mark what have been your favorite things about kings of war related from 2020 well uh my thing i gotta say is i've really enjoyed your videos steve so i i always look forward to my weekly update i used to love it when you came out on every friday morning that was terrific but you know i i enjoy those i really also enjoyed uh your beginner videos which were great that you did with christine she is uh up there with the wargaming wives of the century so those were fantastic and i'm enjoying your three minute army updates right now so i think you're hitting the mark with the videos so that's my uh my little bit of thank you to you for all the hard work you do on those oh. videos. I, for one, Thanks, am enjoying man. them. So, thank you. And then moving into my uh, three, my number three. Actually, I've really enjoyed the UB tournaments and the Dash Twenty Eight coverage. So, props to Alex for trying to teach me UB. But you know, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it takes too long for me to play and too long to watch end to end. But it's so much fun to follow, and I really enjoyed you guys doing your episodes. And it was fun just following it. It was kind of like there was no professional sports going on and everything. It was kind of like the thing to follow, and it it really scratched that itch in so many different levels that I really really enjoyed it. And as you guys mentioned, you kind of burn out on it a little bit, but you know the time. Uh, and I, again, I, what did you guys say? That was number four or whatever. That was the best. It was so much fun. 
that was really the thing that I really enjoyed. And it was great watching to see who the commentators were going to be on the on the shows and then watching the uh, live events come up and, you know, we throw them in the chat and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing that. And, uh, you know, and then um, Steve, I put in here your KOW updates as my number two. I kind of foreshadowed there a little bit. Really do enjoy those. And then my number one, I really enjoyed Matt's six week, no pressure hobby challenge. We need to do it again because of that challenge. I managed to get stuff done. And I, I miss it. I really do. So, Matt, a tip of the hat for me. That was just an awesome idea. I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, we're definitely going to do it in 2021, definitely. I can't administer it, which is why I haven't done it yet. So, But if somebody wants to step up and do that, that would be terrific. And I'll put up the 50 bucks this time for the next gift certificate. So, Hey, hey Mark, you know, if you wanted to learn to play UB, turn, you know, UB games in a quicker pace, you probably shouldn't have had Alex teach you. <laughs> Touche. Hey, I'll Did tell you, you what. Ten, what? I I give him credit. Uh, we went through it. It was interesting. Uh, I just don't have that much time. So, but it really was a lot of fun. And I and again, a big thank you to you, Alex, for taking the time to try to get me to go through it. At least I can navigate UB, and I know what it is. And you know, if I really had to do it, I would do it. But uh, you know, it was it was fun. So I really, really appreciated it. No problem. So my top three for the year, Kings of War related things. Uh, I'll say both Call to Arms tournaments have been great. I think, you know, like I was saying earlier, the the one in the summer, I think there was actually one in the winter too, this leading into 2020. They've all been like just a really great, great way to like tie the global community together, which, you know, it's awesome. The game is universal. Like everyone around the world loves it and, no matter where anyone's from, you always have a good game. Like every different country, different you know continent, the game brings together the right people. It's it's enjoyable. It's always fun. It's always the game is just it's just a great game. I think UB even before the pandemic was a great tool, and now it's just been a great way to keep everyone engaged with uh, the whole the game and the community. That said, my number two definitely is. Masters, best of the rest, at the very beginning of the year, the real life tournament, bringing like almost the entire like North American, you know, Kings of War scene together in one room, which was just awesome. Just like, again, like everyone who was there, just stand up dude, really enjoyable uh, to hang out with, to play, just to like just be in the same room, just see everyone enjoying what a great game. And what a great community we have and that we share. Uh, it's great to meet, you know, Jeremy in real life, you know, as opposed to just, you know, talking over Skype. You know, I had, you know, five great games. Came away with best general and best of the rest, which was highlight, probably best tournament placing I've ever had. Um, you know, it was great to see Jeremy do well. It's great to see all the armies, all the amazingly painted armies, like, you know, Scott Holcomb's Pirate Army, Brenton's Orcs. You know, Austin Kerrigan, Salamanders, all these like amazingly well-painted armies from all over the country. That's just, I think that's one of the things that really, you know, highlights how great the community is. When you see stuff like that, you you just go up to them. Everyone's so excited to talk about, you know, the, their army, their process. 
You know, no one thinks like they're above anyone else. They're just, it's just everyone wants to want to hang out and talk about the game and how they enjoy it. And like, I guess my three and two are kind of tie into my number one, which is just like my favorite thing about King's War is just the strength of the community. And I think that especially, you know, is related to my local scene here in Ontario. We've, you know, we've been in lockdown essentially no games in person since you know march but the scene is still active we have a really good community chat where we had an online ub tournament like just for us in the summer everyone's still really connected and i think the scene's actually kind of growing a little bit in this in, as well so i think that just even in these difficult times the strength of the game and the strength of the community you know keeps having positive momentum going forward so i think that's probably like my favorite thing about 2020 and Kings of War, just how much the game has just helped everyone get through such a crappy year. How about you, Matt? Uh, so for me, uh, my number three was I love waiting for what cheap shot Steve's going to make in his weekly update uh, at someone that people might not always <laughs> realize are in there, but I find the week, like weekly updates very amusing, Steve. Uh, number two uh, was the live streams for UB, and uh, particularly when I just, the time zone adds up and I'm not doing anything and I get to jump into the comment session, um, section. Particularly, I think that was more last CTA when we were playing also, and Steve was always also there, creating a bit of havoc for the hosts was always a bit of fun. And uh, number one was Ronnie coming out and joining us at Clash of Kings Australia and getting to get on the beers with him and uh, have a bit of fun. And it was good to see him, you know, showing Australia some support for our scene uh, and Mantic as a whole. So, yeah, that's my three. How about you, Rob? My number three is the Spring Counter Charge Painting Challenge, which was backed by Mantic. We had lots of cool prizes and a lot of fun. We did some live streaming conversations and, and we announced the winners and it it was awesome, and I really enjoyed looking at all the uh, all the stuff that folks submitted. Uh, and then number two was obviously Matt's six weeks of amazing hobby. It was something spectacular in the sense that we didn't. There was no. There's no pressure. Just, just paint something, build something, think about something, do something. Uh, and and I think I think that really uh, triggered a lot of folks to get some stuff done. And then, you know, the top thing for me is, you know, the fact that we as a community, um, I actually would think we actually came together even better through COVID. I think, you know, we're, we're all connected digitally in most in most places. And uh, it just shows the strength of the community is great, right? That we're, 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 we're closer now than we were at the beginning of the year. Very excited for what 2021 holds. So with that, let's move over to our 2020 hobby and gaming commitments. Kind of a year in review. How did we do? Jeremy. What were your commitments and how terrible were you at them? Big one and the one that I think I just totally focused on last year, which was finish the Basalians, or the finish the Basilians, uh, which is now finish the Basilians, um, and take them to an event. That that was really like uh, been my goal over the last many years, and I'm very happy to say that at the Alamo GT in November. Uh, in just under the deadline, I had a 2,500-point fully painted Basilean army, which did pick up a painting award. So I feel like uh, uh, I did achieve sort of my main goal of maybe not quite getting the 4,000 points of Basileans that I wanted of having all the options done. But 2,500 points, you know, that's not a small amount of points. 
you know, that's a solid, a solid core of an army. Um, so that is definitely a success. Also, one of my, uh, goals was to try to, uh, in kind of finishing the Basileans was also learning how to paint faster. Um, and the Hellboy project that I've done over the last, uh, months, uh, a few weeks of, of really experimenting with the contrast paints that I'm going to be using contrast paints, I think is the core for my Armada stuff too. And then just highlight them up as normal. I think I've really found a, a nice sweet spot with those contrasts of, uh, uh, how to use them as sort of to get the ball rolling and then go in and use traditional painting uh, on top of that. Um, so I really feel like hobby goals from last year, um, I feel pretty good on, which was getting the Basilanes to a spot to where I could put them aside for now. I mean, I still have a couple more things that I want to finish, and I'll mention those in the in the stuff moving forward. But I think I got a solid maybe B- minus on getting everything done that I wanted to done, like not a complete failure, but not an amazing success, but, but pretty solid enough to where I can, I can sleep at night. So, um, what about you, Mark? How'd you do with your, uh, commitments? Well, let's see. My, uh, third one was I don't have a tournament on the calendar for 2020 so far, so I need to put one on there. And well, I did, I had King beyond the wall and living legends on the docket for 2020 with Colin, but then, well, COVID hit. So I had a lot of travel scheduled for 2020. I was supposed to go to the UK. I was supposed to go to Orlando. I was, oh, oh this, this year, oh, very, very frustrating. So I'm going to move on. So, but uh, the number two was uh, clean my hobby room. Time for some Swedish death cleaning to take place. Started, uh, not finished, but definitely started. Um, I can actually walk around my game table right now. So I've gotten all the boxes and everything and all the excess inventory and everything sorted and, you know, up on shelves and around so I can actually walk around. That was great. Um, I found some great memories uh, sitting in that pile of junk. So, uh, but I still need to part with something. So a little more foreshadowing there. And my number one was the Blackjack Legacy Slow Grow Challenge, 2000 point army in eight months. I just need to settle on an army choice. Well, I failed on that one. Uh, I did get a unit of snow trolls done, though, totally, which was awesome. And they actually showed up on Steve's update because it was so amazing they actually finished a unit. So thank you for that, Steve. So, But, um, yeah, I've got a lot of Klansmen in various stages of completion right now. So I finally did get a color scheme. That was actually determined in the Duncan Rhodes episode. So... I'm really kind of moving forward with it. So, but you know me and my hobby ADD, I'm working on Ratkin right now. So, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm definitely going to go back to them. I definitely got the paint scheme down. It's just a matter of facing down all that infantry and getting it finished. But I did enjoy painting the snow trolls. So not too bad. So Steve, how'd you do on your 2020 commitments? I uh, went, uh, I went two of two of three, which is not bad. Or is actually four. Two or four, that's less good. Let's say two or three, pretty good. Um, so the first one was I wanted to get my uh, Ratkin army finished in time for Adepticon, um, which I did. Uh, I got it completed and I completed a travel case and it was all ready to go and everything fitted and then Adepticon was cancelled uh, and I felt sad inside. And the other thing was that, um, so the next one was I said I was going to get 12 tables of terrain done by September because I had a tournament to run. Um, and uh, the tournament was scaled back to uh, nine tables, actually. We had 18 players booked, but I made 10 tables of terrain, um, and then I had to cancel it. 
uh, <laughs> making my soft heart. Um, so um, <clears throat> I, don't, I did it. I just have, you know, 10 tables worth of terrain in my loft that's never been used at a tournament. So, you know, if I, if I ever do play Kings of War here, which I have a few times, and um, we do have very good terrain now, which is nice. Um, and the third one was I wanted to get um, either get my Chinese Kings of Men army done um, and slash or qualify for Masters. And I didn't do either of those. Um, I, 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 I Like I said, I seriously burned out on painting. But also, the I think I, I'm really still quite keen to do a Chinese Kings of Men army. Um, and I know that um, Paige Neo over in Singapore has, has started a similar thing because he's managed to find miniatures. The only miniatures I could find here were just, they're just very uninspiring. Even the company I was going to buy them from says in the blurb on their website, by the way, the Chinese miniatures are our worst miniatures. And I'm like, wow, that really uh, encourages me to drop a couple of hundred pounds on your minis. Um, they're all metal. You know, they're, they're um, not great. Um, so um, Paige has found um, some from a board game in China, but I think the scale is a little bit off. So I'm I'm just waiting to see um, when he gets them, what they look like and see whether I might do the same thing. You can only get them through Taobao, uh, which is like the Chinese eBay, um, which we can use here. Um, you can use AliExpress, which is kind of a similar thing. But um, we, we'll see. I can get my, my wife's dad to buy them, I guess, and ship them. But again, shipping and Brexit and oh God. So uh, that's definitely on the back burner. I definitely don't feel I've got another army in me, um, given that I'll probably paint out some of the new Ratkin releases. Um, and that'll be me with boats, but there we are. And uh, tournament-wise, um, obviously the tournament season didn't happen, and the only tournament I played in was Franticon, where I came pretty close to bottom. So, um, but I said, as I said earlier, I don't really feel like a competitive player anymore. I think you know I haven't practiced enough, and I kind of lost that competitive spirit. So I'm really just in it to play for fun. So I, I will go to tournaments again because I like going to tournaments and I like seeing uh, the people. But I don't feel I'll be really competing for those top slots anymore, which is kind of fine for me really um and that's that's it really so yeah was franticon the event that nick broke you yeah yeah he did he he, he his swarms of scarecrows ruined me <laughs> um yeah but i had a terrible tournament you can watch the tournament reports actually on my channel if you wanted to watch it you're really really bored but i just had a terrible terrible tournament coupled with the fact that um the TO got my score wrong so i was placed much higher in the tournament rankings through the tournament than i should have been I was playing much worse than than my placement. Playing tougher armies and tougher tougher opponents. Right, my army wasn't very good in 1995. I hadn't got my rats sorted by that point, um, and so I was really placed. I never should have even be placed against Nick because um, he's just a higher standard. So, very difficult tournament for me. And it was kind of really interesting. I coming back from that, kind of musing on whether um, on where I was standing, and you know, did I really enjoy that? You know, I'd lost so hard. Um, and it kind of changed my outlook a little bit. I'm still very keen to play tournaments, but uh, I don't know really whether it was that directly or not. But uh, yeah, I did also had the experience and it gave people a lot of enjoyment. And Nick's been able to kind of uh, <laughs> take the mick out of me online ever since, which has uh, <laughs> been always very funny. So it is what it is. Anyway, enough of that stuff. Alex, how about you? I don't think I can say two out of three. I can say one out of three um, and a, maybe one and a half out of three for my goals. Uh, my first goal for this year was to finish off my rats because I had a few units to add for third edition before the best of the rest, which was in February. So I got those done. So the rats were done. Uh, I have a few units of unpainted miniatures for them, but after best of the rest, I kind of put them to rest for now. 
so that was the first one done right off the hop for the year. Then my other, my second goal was to paint a human army for your, either Kingdoms of Men, Rordia, Basileans, or some combination, and potentially a bonus army because I was ambitious. Um, I got one regiment of foot guard painted right after best of the rest and then started on the next two regiments which are still partially painted mostly but 60 percent painted so that didn't quite happen I, I lost a lot of painting momentum motivation over the summer partly just because my office gets really hot in the summer partly just no events to push me and you know home renos repairs it just wasn't a very hobby centric summer for me unfortunately and then into my third point i wanted to make a concerted effort to improve my painting which in the little painting that i did do i think i did improve um with my rats it was they were really speed painted because there's just hundreds of miniatures i developed a technique that was kind of good enough and looked pretty decent and then you know made some nice bases and as an army i think it looks pretty good it's just if you look at the fine details it's not great um so i really wanted to start focusing on getting better at highlighting doing more detail work which i started doing and i think i got pretty decent at for the amount of time i spent but i still have strides to go but i think with the countertries mini exchange and our, my little chats with Billy about highlighting and stuff. I think I'm on a good path to improve the style that I have planned for the army. So one and a half out of three so far. And those, these will tie in later for the new goals for 2021, I think. How about you, Rob? How did you do with your goals? Well, before I get to mine, did, did Matt not exist in 2020? I don't see his name on the list. I did not exist in 2020. I came into being in 2021. In terms of my hobby commitments, um, I'm going to say I'm 50%. So I've got, actually got four listed here. The first one is the Halfman. And in 2019, I was at 1,600 points. I think now I'm at about 2,200 without magical artifacts. So I got some stuff accomplished, but I didn't have Living Legends. I didn't have Adepticon. Those were the events where I'm going to come and show people this army and they didn't they didn't they didn't occur i lost some of that motivation right to you know because i don't know about you guys but when there's an event around the corner and you've got something new and cool to show people that you have kind of kept under wraps it's always fun to kind of come and show up and say look what i got well that didn't happen but i did still get some stuff painted uh number two is my dwarf vanguard force yep got it assembled didn't paint any of it so that's a big loss for me there and then number three complete my speed painted elf army to be fair, I got it all based. I got it all put together, got it all assembled. So um, I tried to do them with contrast paints and I didn't like the results. So at this point, I've got a, an elf army, all mantic, that has gold armor and some bits of blue, ar blue like armor, like helmets and stuff. But at some point, I'll probably go back and work on it some more. But I don't have any motivation to do that. The fourth one, you know, this is my comment from last year. While I love painting and, and have moments where I turn out some stuff that doesn't suck, I'm extremely slow. So my honorable mention last year was wearing Billy down that he starts doing commission painting for me. And it occurred. Night Stalkers are on the menu. They will be coming to a table near you, not painted by me. So I'm super pumped about that. 
So that was 2020. Let's segue into 2021. What kind of torture do we have scheduled for ourselves in the upcoming year? How are we going to sit in front of you at the end of the year of 2021 and tell you what we failed at? So, Jeremy, why don't you go ahead and lead us out of the gate? So I would like to get, uh, in my first of failed projections, <laughs> I would like to get a usable fleet slash demo force for all the Armada fleets. So I got the Orcs and Basileans I'm working on right now, and then I'd like to have a little bit of a variety because, strangely, like what Steve said, um, Hillary was walking by uh, my Basilean ships, and she was like, oh, these look kind of fun. Maybe we should play this game. And I had the same sort of reaction of, like, what? So I'd like to get some uh, get some some real solid stuff work done in Armada. Two, I would like to... I, I have here start my 90% percent mantic army and maybe i should be like finally decide what my 90 percent mantic army is going to be because i keep going back and forth on that but i'd like to get some more mantic uh model stuff done this next year now that i'm sort of on the home stretch of the bass lands i'd like to get some actual mantic more mantic stuff finished and then number uh, uh last on my list is i have a horde of infantry and some regiments of Elohi to finish for my Basileans, and then I'll be at 3,000-ish points. So I still do have a, a little bit left to finish for that army before it's uh, fully completed. Um, so my main goals for this next year is finish up the Basileans, get the Armada going, um, kind of circle back on what I want my Mantic army to be, and or maybe get some, um, some quick smaller mantic forces painted up because once lockdown sort of we transition out of that maybe hopefully by summer or end of next year uh especially with uh tony rogers moving away and britain maybe moving to southern california i'll have zero players to play with in my area so i'm going to need to try to figure out about how maybe doing some demos yeah so that's sort of what's on my agenda for my hobby commitments for 2021 Maybe you need to make like a weird science and like make a friend mm -hmm. like weird science. But instead of a hot girl, I, I make a miniature gamer. Yeah, I'll look into it. I got to get a, 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 a the ultimate 3D printer and just print an opponent to play. So what about you, Steve? -O? What do you got going on? What's your what's your hope for next year? Hobby commitments for next year. Right. So this is this is the big one, um, which I don't have any confidence that I will do, but I, I, I said it when I ordered it, and I'm going to say it for when it arrives, is that I'm going to paint the entirety of the League of Infamy game. Right? And that's a big ask, because I went in for the whole pledge. It's like 200 miniatures or something ridiculous. It's a lot of minis. Um, but I, I want to paint them up, and I think I have to do this one, because um, I accidentally told Christine about uh, how much it cost to buy that Kickstarter, and she was like, her jaw was on the floor. I'm like, it's okay, babe, because... It comes with all these minis, so really, it's the it's the bargain of the century, and um, so yeah, uh, that needs to be painted so that I uh, don't get divorced. Um, and then I, I'd also like to paint. So we've got one of the Kickstarter games I backed in in 2019 was this really cool game called Dice Upon a Time, and it's actually really fun. It's like a kind of it's um it's a board game based around fairy tales. And you each take a fairy tale character, and you know it's basically you move based on dice. It's quite clever, um, but they have these really cool, kind of very large scale minis that you play in them. Um, and uh, again, Christine keeps saying, "Well, why don't you paint these?" And I was thinking, "Yeah, actually, I would like to paint those. Make a really big change, really big difference. It's a different style of painting because they're kind of large, cartoony, 
flat surfaces so i think it'd be quite a lot of blending to make them look good which would be quite nice so i might so that's my second i'm going to paint those minis and then show them and then my third one is that i'm going to paint um so before i um found wargaming again after my 25 plus year hiatus um i i painted for pleasure so i i would um just paint uh, the landscapes or portraits whatever and i haven't done any of that since i started uh, the hobby uh, a few years back i haven't done any paintings whatsoever and i've been watching my daughter's gone to art school and she's an incredible artist and paints these extraordinary pictures and i'm thinking actually i'd like, like to paint something again uh, so i'm going to paint at least one actual painting uh, in 2021 so those are my three hobby commitments mark how about yourself all right well my number three i'm going to have four small armada fleets painted at least four plus ships each, which should be easy. And I picked that number because that's how many ships come in the starter fleet. So I uh, definitely want to do that, get that going. And then I'm going to commit to paint uh, at least two 500-point Kings of War armies. I'm not going to go crazy, just 500 points each. And um, so I'm going to work on that. Uh, Goblins, I think, is definitely going to be one. And the other one's going to have to be the Basileans because, well, as you – as I said earlier in the episode, I ordered a Basilean army set, so I'm going to have to paint it. So those are going to be the two. At least I'm going to go for those two. And then, of course, Swedish death cleaning continues. I have to actually sell something out of my dragon's horde. So that's going to be hard for me, but I'm going to have to do it. So I haven't determined how I'm going to put this stuff up for sale, but uh, thank you very much for the uh, link to the old hammer site there, Steve. And uh, somewhere along the line, I've got to let something go. I got to start getting stuff out of the basement here. So um, those are going to be my commitments for 2021. So Alex, where are you going to be doing up there in the great white North? So to continue from this past year, I'm going to commit to finishing my human army, which I think is going to be League of Rodia. I've been using them in Call to Arms, and then they've been treating me well, so I think I'm going to go with that, stick with that. I like the idea of creating and converting some Honor Guard, and I have some good flying monsters for Aerolez, so I, I, I'm going to put the Undead Project on the back burner until after I get my fully painted kingdoms of men army done and then if that happens i'm going to think about Varanger undead after that um i'd like to start building some terrain for in-person gaming for both kings of war and infinity i think just having a couple of tables i have enough space for a couple of tables in my house so I, I would like to have terrain for that we have a bunch of mats and you know we have built a lot of bulk terrain last year me and some of the guys for King Me on the Wall the first time. So I know John, one of my clubmates, has been working on upgrading some of that uh, terrain. So I want to contribute and add some more upgraded, nice, you know, centerpiece showcase terrain for the King Me on the Wall when it reemerges at a new date, since Masters is in the summer now, potentially. So when that gets up and running again, I want to have some better terrain for that. And then I want to continue working on, you know, improving my painting skills and basing and taking that to the next level. Not going to, you know, win any awards with it, but I think I just want to like push it a little bit farther, you know, take my time, really try to 
develop that skill set and kind of see where that goes. I think I'm having a lot of fun taking my time with a smaller number of miniatures at a time and getting away from that batch painting 10 or 20 infantry at a time mindset that I had from rats. So I think taking the time to paint, you know, one to five miniatures at a time to a higher standard and just really enjoying the process is the way forward for me this year. And then as a 3B, I'll, I'll tie into Mark and do some Swedish death cleaning in my office because I think Mark, oh, sorry, I think Rob would probably have a stroke if he saw my desk and my shelf space. That Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so even when it's clean, I think you might have a problem. So I think that's that's something I need to work on is just have a more organized workspace so that going forward, even if I have, it's easier to do work in a space that's organized. So I think this summer part of my problem was it was just too disorganized in here. So I think having an organized space and a clear goal on what I'm going to work on and not having the clutter will really help going forward. So those are my goals. How about you, Matt? What are you working on in 2021? All right. So my my three things for this year, I've tried to make them pretty achievable. Uh, I'm going to do uh, try and get 2,000 points of my Dragon Empire on the table for the first time. Um, I want to play paint up my Armada, particularly the base Salian fleet, and I want to get a, a Vanguard Warband going, which I think I will do as Undead because I have a few character models around for Undead that I'd like to get painted up. So that'll be my three. All right, Rob, over to you. What are, what are your goals for 2021? Well, I'm going to hopefully paint an Empire Dust fleet for Armada, probably like six to eight ships once they launch in Q1. Uh, I already have a bunch of ogres for uh, both Vanguard and Kings of War uh, in excessive amount, so I need to get those painted. Uh, and then let's talk about Halfman. I, I, this is the year I need to get more stuff on the table, so I've got a general on Wing Beast from Atlantis Miniatures, which is about halfway painted, Need to get that finished. I've got the Atlantis Ministers Yeti, who's my giant. I need to get that painted. I am expecting a whole bunch more Pike from Westphalia Miniatures. So I, I'm either going to paint a second horde of Pike or I'm going to paint out horde of Halberds. I'm not sure which. The Pike are probably the better choice. Halberds look cool too. So, And then finally, I have a conversion idea. I want to make a flying assassin because that's how I've been running my assassin. So I want to get an assassin halfling model and I want to put some Leonardo da Vinci wings on them. So some kind of like mechanical, you know, wings like he's like gliding down off the mountain. So those are my top three. Next up, let's talk about what we are looking forward to in 2021. Jeremy. So what I'm looking for in 2021, uh, uh, some more Armada fleets. Uh, I'm curious to see the Empire Dust as well, and then also um, see, to see what they're going to do with the other factions. And um, yeah, so more Armada fleets. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully U.S. Masters this summer um, with uh, vaccines and everything. I'm hoping that come summertime, seven months from now, six or seven months from now, we'll be able to have Masters in some sort of uh, shape or form. Looking forward to that. Uh, but number one for me, uh, a huge milestone in my life is that I will be getting married this next year. Uh, and I'm really excited for that. Probably in late spring or summer, again, sort of pandemic affected because we have family that we want to be able to fly in from other spots in the country. So, but yeah, that is my number one um, thing I'm looking forward to next year is uh, getting married. Um, what about you, Steve? What's on your uh 
uh, look forward list for next year. Well, coming to Jeremy's wedding is uh, number one on the... Oh, no, wait, sorry. Uh, maybe not with the current situation. I'll be there in spirit. I'll be there in spirit. But um, I think, you know, number one for me um, is actually playing some games. <laughs> really, I really, really miss playing games of Kings of War. And I just got into a lovely rhythm. And yeah, uh, get, getting back to playing this game that we obsess about and talk about all the time because it just feels very distant right now. Um I'm looking forward to running my tournament that I have planned for so long, um, possibly in the late spring, maybe. Uh, the one slight issue there is that I need a new venue. The venue that I did have, um, I, you know, I, I've been back and forward with them a bit. I just don't feel it's really suitable anymore. There are some places I'm going to scout out, but so I need to find a new venue. So it's kind of a, I've gone very much back to square one, which is quite dispiriting, but I'm going to push on for that. And I'm looking forward to making... Um, a lot more kind of uh, of the videos I've been making, I kind of, I've, I feel like I've kind of got to a good place in terms of making very quick um, kind of like uh, low time commitment, unlike this episode. Sorry, that's um, kind of video content. And I, I think it's really well received. And I look forward to making more of that. I want to make something, I um, want to make some more video content um, and Matt can make a joke here uh, with my wife um, of the Kings of War type variety. I really enjoyed uh, making it with Christine and she was really fun. Uh, people have really liked that. She's threatened to do Armada with me, so we'll see. But, um, you know, our lives being what it is, and we've got a four-year-old and jobs and such, it doesn't always work out that way. But it'd be really cool if I could do that um, some more. So, yeah, that's what I'm really looking forward to. Mark, how about you? All right, let's see. So what am I looking forward to in 2021? Uh, I want to see if a scene for Armada develops, actually, uh, as more fleets are released. And uh, I want to see, is it just a flash in the pan? Was it something that just caught our interest because we were in lockdown and it was something a little bit different? Or is there really a game there and we're going to be ended up playing it? So, um, you know, I'd be very interested to see if in uh, 2022, especially if we're going to get some uh, games in it, Adepticon, etc. But It'll be nice. Uh, it'll be very, very interesting to see if that happens. My next one is the army that's going to come after Ratkin. So the Ratkin army is kind of getting a World War One vibe to it. And I'm like, nah. I have so many Skaven. I actually have a fully assembled and unpainted Skaven army. And I also have a fully painted Ratkin army. Or Skaven army. <laughs> and so I really don't have the need to paint more rats or build more rats. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be seeing, but um, we'll see. I want to see what they come up with and uh, stuff like that. But uh, there were certain parts of the renders that I wasn't fully in love with. And I know that they're trying to make it go between dead zone and Kings of war. So I'm kind of like, yeah, we'll see what happens. So I want to see the army after Rakin, and then, I am looking forward to no more COVID and getting the scene back together. So, um, Steve at Adepticon 2022, hopefully, uh, let's see a trip to Texas, maybe in 2021. I really had a good time at living legends last year. And I know Collins asked me a couple of times if we were going to go back and, you know, we're all kind of sad about the travel. So it was such a good time seeing everybody last year. Certainly want to get that going again. And, you know, that, that'd be the best part of freeing up the lockdown is uh, getting the scene back together again. Alex, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to in-person gaming and events again. Whenever that will happen, I just, I'm looking forward to, you know, Friday nights at the store, you know, Friday nights at tournaments on the weekends and just hanging out with all the 
the guys and all the people involved at this scene. I just want to, you know, I just want to get back to that and keep going because I think the scene keeps maturing and keeps growing, especially around here. Um, that kind of ties into my number two, which is I'm just looking forward to continued growth of the Ontario and Canadian Kings of War scene. I think we're really hitting our stride at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. So I think there's a lot of interest. There's a lot of great players, a lot of great hobbyists here. And the community is really healthy, especially considering the year we've had. So I'm really looking forward to just getting that going, keeping that momentum going, you know, getting King Beyond the Wall back for the second time, and then maybe even adding in a second event here in Hamilton, Southern Ontario, so we can, you know, actually have a bit of a Canadian tournament scene as well. So people don't necessarily have to travel down to the States, which is a bit difficult, more, which could be more difficult for the next foreseeable future. And then I think, you know, it's, it's a number three. And it's a minor thing, but I think I'm really looking forward to, you know, Clash of Kings next year. This maybe 2019 Clash of Kings 2019 spoiled us with all the options and all the fun stuff, but I think with third edition stripping a lot of that away, I'm looking forward to you know a little bit of spice, a little bit of action, a little bit, you know new new items, new characters, new units, uh, adding back into the meta. So I think that'll be really fun and a good way to like you know spur on the community as well so those are the main things i'm looking forward to with king's war in 2021 how about you matt what are you looking forward to so what i'm looking forward to most in 2021 is number three uh, being able to hand out more of my world famous bum pats at more tournaments when we get back to normal or close to normal two expanding my gaming repertoire more into vanguard and armada i pretty much only play kings of war on a tabletop so i'm looking forward to doing a little uh, expanding that out and doing things a bit differently and number one is the return of clash of kings australia in january um, we're still going to get to go ahead with that in some form at the moment i've capped it at 50 and we've sold 49 tickets uh, we've had a little bit of an outbreak of covid today uh, so that may restrict some numbers but i'm looking forward to that running Oh, that's awesome, Matt. So for me, what I'm looking forward to in 2021, uh, I guess I'm looking for more Armada fleets. So obviously the Dwarves and the Empire of Dust. I think what I'm going to do is every time they release them in pairs, I'm just going to pick one of them. And you know, and and next up, you know, Billy obviously has to paint the Dwarves. So that means I'm going to paint the Empire of Dust, which is not a not a bad thing since I, I'm a huge Tomb King fan from back in the day. So uh, second thing for me is Monster, uh, King of Monsters event. Hopefully it will go off without a hitch um, in, in the new year. Uh, and then finally, I'm just ready for our local scene to get back to normal, right? So that the people that, you know, uh, we haven't seen in six months will come back into the fold and we'll get that thing growing again. So, so that's me. We're going to take a break. And on the other side, we're going to do some community responses, some shout outs and wrap up the show. I'm Tyler Schultz, loser at Vanguard, but countercharger in Kings of Four. And you're listening to Countercharge. And we are back. Now that you've heard from us, let's hear from you. And let's start with our voicemail from fan favorite and now dad, Billy Smith. Hey, this is Billy Captain Smith. And I was just calling in to give my year in review thing uh so my favorite mantic release from 2020 was probably the masudan and the spectra uh hopefully i get to paint them at some point 
Uh, my favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020, definitely Armada. Uh, I've been excited about a little boat game for a while. I know Rob and I were ramping up to do something with it, and then Mantic decided to release one for us, which is nice. Uh, hobby commitment for 2021, I definitely want to get my Orc Army playable. I've been working on it bit by bit, um, started over the summer, but a lot of things have gotten in the way. Um, and then finally, I'm most looking forward to in 2021, just hoping that this COVID crisis gets figured out because I would love to still have the Blue City Brawl. Um, that's, that's what I'm most excited about. Anyway, guys, have a super time. Finally, let's share some of the great responses from our Facebook page. Before we get to the responses, I did want to take a moment to thank everybody that contributed to the Facebook post. We had a great amount of listener feedback on this topic. Just as a reminder, we asked you four questions. Number one, what's your favorite Mantic release from 2020? Number two, what's your favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020? Number three, what's your hobby commitment for 2021? Number four, what are you most looking forward to in 2021? Apologies in advance for my terrible pronunciation of some of your names. Well, let's kick this off with Mr. Kovac's response. His favorite Mantic release in 2020 was Armada. His favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020 were the new Abyssal Dwarves. Uh, his hobby commitment for 2021 is to finish at least one Warpath Army, Plague, or Forge Fathers. I'm a big fan of squats, and I'm a big fan of Armored Dwarves, so I think that's, that's the right choice. Uh, and then his response to number four, you know, what is he most looking forward to in 2021? More dead zone i'm sure ian davis would agree next up we have nav logan his favorite mantic release in 2020 were the new goblin troops his favorite kings of war related thing in 2020 were the new goblin luggets now available in resin so i'm a big fan of those as well uh his hobby commitment for 2021 is to complete my goblin and northern alliance army wish list what is he most looking forward to in 2021 getting to field the armies i've painted in 2020 Next up, we've got Dylan Murray out of Texarkana, and uh, his favorite Mantic release in 2020 was Halby's Rift. Hard to argue with that. His favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020 was the models I just got for my 2021 project. Uh, and then his hobby commitment for 2021 to finish his project and win a player's choice. Well, having seen the progress you've made in the hobby since you've gotten into the game a few years ago, I'm super excited to see what you come up with. Uh, and then finally, what's he most looking forward to in 21? More tournaments and gaming with friends. So next up, we've got Hong Win Su. From his answers, he's obviously a big fan of Armada, as that was his answer for the first two questions. His hobby commitment for 2021 is finishing painting his undead army. And what's he most looking forward to in 2021? Kingdoms of Men with Polearm. Actually, that's on my radar as well. Next up, we have a response from Charles Faduke. His answer to question one and two is Abyssal Dwarf Plastics and New Resin Models. His hobby commitment for 2021 are elves and sylvankin because in his mind they share a lot of models and goblins it's a lot to bite off for 2021 i hope you make it through uh, and then what's he most looking forward to in 2021 possibly new elf plastics um, though he does make a comment that he's happy with the oakmark plastics and what he can print off with stl files and next let's move to clive stone from mantic his re response for favorite mantic release from 2020 is armada his favorite kings of war related thing from 2020 is ratkin his hobby commitment for 2021, paint more, buy less. That's good words to live by. And what's he looking forward to in 21? The return of his events. And next up, let's cover Michael Wayne's response out of Kansas City. Uh, his favorite Mantic release in 2020 is the new starter set. 
100% agree. It's great. His favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020, actually getting out of the house to play at a tournament. His hobby commitment for 2021, more tournaments. And what he's looking forward to the most in 2021, more tournaments. Next, let's take a look at Mark Cunningham's response. His favorite Mantic release in 2020 is Armada. His favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020 is the Panathor Co. Wiki, in which he is a founder. His hobby commitment for 2021, build and paint my rat slaves, Armada, and Brother Mark. That is a tall order. And finally, what's he looking forward to most in 2021? Hugs. Unfortunately, Mark, you're in the UK and Jeremy's on the West Coast of the US. So uh, we'll see about getting him sent over there to give you lots and lots of hugs. Next, let's share what Ian Roger had to say. Armada was his pick for the best Mantic release from 2020. Favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020, the books by Winged Hissar. Hobby commitment for 2021, buy, paint, and build an EOD army and fleet. And number four, what's he looking forward to the most in 2021? Mantic producing the rest of the minis for EOD, especially the monsters and heroes. All right, let's cover Ian Davis. This is going to be real quick. It's all dead zone, all right? <laughs> so favorite Mantic release from 2020, Asterian Spectra. Uh, his favorite Kings of War related thing in 2020. Uh, more Kings of War players moving over to the best game. <laughs> uh, what's his hobby commitment for 2021? More terrain, better strike teams. What's he looking forward to the most in 2021? Games. And he just wants to remind everybody, Dead Zone is life. Next up, we have one of my favorite people, Aramis Berger. His pick for best Mantic release in 2020 is Helpy's Rift. Uh, his uh, favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020 is the Winged Hussar novels. His hobby commitment for 2021, submit my corrected PhD thesis and give my historical 6mm and 15mm minis their due before starting a new project. Best of luck with that. And number four, what's he most looking forward to in 2021? The Kings of War role-playing game. Next up, we've got Russ from Nebraska. Uh, his favorite Mantic release... From 2020 is Kings of War 3rd Edition. His favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020 is Armada. His hobby commitment is building a Goblin Fleabag Rider Army for 2021. Uh, I have one of those. They're a lot of fun to play. Uh, and then number four, what are you looking forward to most in 2021? The end of COVID, retirement, and gaming with my Kings of War friends. Let's keep it rolling. We'll go with Janice. Uh, her favorite thing from Mantic in 2020 was Armada. Her favorite Kings of War related thing in 2020 were the Goblins. Uh, her commitment for 2021, paint the Goblins to use at a tournament if they come back. Let's hope so. And number four, what are you most looking forward to in 2021? Meeting people and being able to game with a drink. 100% agree on that one. Next up, we've got T.O. Mastermind and Pathfinder Extraordinaire Michael Carter. His favorite release from 2020 was Armada. Kings of War, his favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020, the New Hard Plastics. His hobby commitment for 2021, paint up fleets to teach Armada. And number four, what are you most looking forward to in 2021? Actually getting to see people at conventions and tournaments again. Next up. We've got Eldon from Minnesota. His favorite Mantic release in 2020 were the Goblin Infantry Hard Plastic Kit. His favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020 is Helpy's Rift because it's such a cool setting. Uh, his hobby commitment for 2021, get the Battle for Lake Swat narrative campaign going. We can't wait to see that come to fruition. And finally, what are you most looking forward to in 2021? 
U.S. Masters in person. Here, here. Next up, we have the infamous Ronnie Renton from Mantic Games. His favorite Mantic release from 2020 was Armada. Uh, his favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020, the new Goblin Plastics, and the Big Battle versus Rob. Uh, his hobby commitment for 2021, Dwarfs in Armada. And what's he looking forward to most in 2021? Something related to Dead Zone. Next, let's look at the response from Nathan from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, his favorite Mantic release was the Goblins and Ratkin. The new plastics show trust in the community and that Mantic is serious and stepping it up. His favorite Kings of War related thing is Armada. It's exactly what was needed to pull in a bigger community. 100% agree. And his hobby commitment for 2021, painting for fun. And what's he most looking forward to in 2021, actually playing games with people. Next up, we have the green skin himself, Mr. Rob Berman from Mantic Games, and his response to all four questions are goblins. Next, let's take a look at this response from Matthew Holly. His favorite Mantic release from 2020 was the Asterian Spectra. His favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020, Plastic Goblins and the New Starter Set. Hobby commitment for 2021, actually finish a fully painted Kings of War army. And what's he looking forward to in 2021? Attending a Mantic event for the first time. Fan favorite Danny Graves' favorite Mantic release from 2020 are all the new plastic sprues. His favorite Kings of War related thing from 2020 was how great the community came together and adapted and compromised to deal with the pandemic. And his hobby commitment in 2021 is to attack that massive pile of plastic. Ogres, Abyssals, and Night Stalkers will be finished. Best of luck with that. And in 2021, he's looking forward to actually gaming again. Brian Learn's response to the first three questions are goblins, and he's looking forward to playing games in person in 2021. And next up, we have Mike Rossi, the real talent behind Unplugged Radio. Ooh. His answers for the first two questions are Armada, his hobby commitment for 2021, paint Armada, and what he's looking forward to most in 2021, playing Armada drunk at attorney on Friday nights. Next up, we have... Page Neo out of Singapore. His favorite Mantic release in 2020 was Helpy's Rift. His favorite Kings of War related thing in 2020 was Steps to Deliverance. His hobby commitment for 2021 finishes Chinese Kingdoms of Men Army. And what he's looking forward to most in 2021, making more multi-based dioramas and trying out Dead Zone and Armada. Last but not least, we have Sterling's response. Ratkin is the answer for the first two questions. His hobby commitment for 2021, paint war in the holds. That's awesome. And what's he looking forward to most in 2021? Seeing the Ratkin line filled out. So one more time, thanks again for taking the time to, to respond to our post. We really appreciate the you know your participation. Well, awesome, fellas. What a great episode. Um, now that we wrap up the show, let's just do some final shout outs for the year and some closing thoughts. So, Steve, what any, any final thoughts? Shout out. Cool. Yeah, my shout out's really, um, really quick. Actually, it was just a real thank you to everyone that kind of comments on what we do on the on the Counter Charge Facebook page, or they make direct contact with us. A few people that kind of shoot us messages about stuff that we talk about um, in the various formats. And it's weird, but that's kind of really kept me going. Like it's like I say, you know, I've got my family here uh, in the UK, but we're locked down, and I'm in one of the most heavily locked down cities in the country, it gets pretty lonely. So having people reach out to you is actually pretty cool. And, you know, I obsessively check the Facebook messages when they come through and I'm, I'm always replying and stuff. That's really kept me going. I'm sure people kind of uh, feel the same. So you guys uh, keep me sane. So thank you so much. It really means a lot to us. So thank you. Awesome. 
Um, for me, I just want to do some shout outs to the After Dark crew, Rashad, Riley, Ryan Munsell, Felix Page, um, all the guys who have been doing After Dark with us. Um, shout out to the Dash 28 Live guys. You know, um, thanks Mike Adkins and um, Ashley and Elliot and Dan Miner and Steve Forrester and all the guys who've been doing Dash 28 Live content. That's been super fun. Shout out to uh, Pizza Jesus um kyle pretzel twinkie and mr mastercrafted guys i'm hoping one day once lockdown to get out there and actually uh go visit them and film a bunch of games over a weekend um shout out to my local guys Britton, tony rogers you're gonna leave me and i'll be sad um shout out to uh scott Holcomb, mike grant all the surge and destroy guys everyone in tabletop titans my club jeff my brother from another mother todd pat matt carmack mark taylor um and just like uh final uh shout out um she was like out wrapping presents while we were recording this but now she's inside so i have to say this with like her listening but shout out to uh hillary my fiance um i'm so blessed and lucky this year to be able to explore not only my hobby journey but my life's journey with a partner that you couldn't wish for or ask for more. So I'm feel very lucky and blessed. What about you, Mark? What are your uh, shout outs? Any final thoughts? Oh, of course. I definitely got to give a shout out to the narrative workshop team, Felix Castro and Ben Stoddard. Those guys are awesome. And uh, hopefully we'll bring you guys some more episodes here in 2021. Uh, really looking forward to everything. We've got some great books coming and things like that. And we've got a couple of other ideas that we're going to be exploring for the show from that standpoint. And my other thing is a wish for everybody to have a very happy and healthy 2021. It's been a long, crummy year, and I'm really hoping that we're going to turn the corner in 2021 and have a great time and get to see each other and have a good time hobbying again. It's uh, It's been a long year. That's all I can say. How about you, Alex? I just want to say thanks to all the guests on all the episodes that I've been on this year. A special thanks to Corey, Michael, and Nick for the Ratkin podcast and Army Review. Special thanks to Louis Augustus for his patience and for the awesome content. You know, Eamon, Jefferson, Nick for the, the, the 3D printing episode. I think that was really uh, you know educational and helpful for a lot of people. I want a big shout out to the Ontario and Northeast Kings of War scenes. Uh, you're a big part of why I love the game. And, you know, it sucks not being able to hang out with you guys every weekend. So I miss you guys and looking forward to a new year, you know, with lots of games with you. Uh, big props to the Call to Arms TOs and all the other UB tournament TOs for keeping the scene going this summer and this year. I think. You've really propped up and, you know, helped everyone get through a really rough year. Uh, and then thanks to Billy Smith for organizing the Countercharge Mini Exchange Secret Santa. It was a really great hobby motivator and a special thanks to him, especially because he was my Secret Santa and that Halfling Sorcerer is amazing. And it was a great, great surprise and for the season, I think. I think we should do it every year. So that 
What are your shout-outs? For me, I'd like to thank you, Rob Fanuff, for uh, making me the official favourite of the podcast. So thanks for that. Uh, thanks to all in the Aussie scene who've kept the hobby alive, particularly with UB, such as Michael Clark running his tournaments uh, within the country and uh, those that are making the effort to come to Clash of Kings Australia and get back into gaming. And I also want to thank Ronnie for showing the Aussie scene some love earlier this year and travelling here and also being involved with anointing our first RC member. It's very much appreciated. Uh, what about you, Rob? Have you, have you got any shout-outs? Thanks, Matt. For me, uh, just thanks to our amazing community. You know, it's been a crazy year with COVID and I think the level of interaction we're seeing from the community on the Facebook page in terms of, you know, the, the number of people that are active has been really great. I think we've had uh, lots of discussions that have rolled over from podcast topics like the uh, the building your community. I just I just love that stuff. I think that's great. Um, and so just thanks to everybody, all of you out there that's you know that's that's uh, that's filling this this hobby that we love with this amazing spectacle of cool models and cool bases and cool armies. Just keep it up. And, and obviously to the, the the rest of the hosts on the counter charge. Uh, team you know it's been tremendous to have all these extra people helping out with this craziness makes all of our jobs a lot easier thanks to everybody that's gonna do us tonight and until next time keep counter charging thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on counter charge please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com on twitter at countercharge15 or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. <laughs> All right, uh, we ready? Mark, you want to count us in? Do you want me to bring us in? Yeah, I can swap. I can swap the order. I can. I mean, Jeremy, you can take Mark's spot. That's fine. Okay, I'm third. So I just said you can. Have, you can be first, Mark. You're never here anyway, so we'll give you the shot this one time. I'll first. I'm happy to do it. Three, two, one. No, we. I muted you. See, but now he can't unmute himself. He's now unmutable. Oh, there he goes. Hey. Did that work? Hey, you got it. Hey. All right. Like so so with that, hey, Jeremy, if you want, let's go ahead. And, we kind of went around long on this one. Why don't, we, why don't you take a commercial break, bring us back, and then we'll uh, we'll go into the 2020 year in a review if you want, Jeremy. Okay. Okay. Or does, you know what? I had you do it. Does somebody else want to do the commercial? I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to play favorites. It, it made me speechless. I just, I really got a little verklempt there. I was just, it's so emotional. Verklempt. <laughs> Pulling yeah, some Saturday Night Live channeling. Go have a cold shower, mate. Seriously, go have a cold shower. So that, that, that monkey's <laughs> off the back, thank God. Um, Printable scenery out of New Zealand that do a lot of stuff. I don't know if you've ever printed any of theirs, Steve, but they tend to do a whole range all at once on Kickstarter, and then and then they get to sell the STLs individually <laughs> on their website. <laughs> Were you away from the microphone just a minute ago when I said exactly that? <laughs> Must have been. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm tuning all of you out. <laughs> it will be interesting to see <laughs> where we are two, in 2021. Two, two new bee boxes, uh, beehives, are right outside the, the window where I am, and I'm, they're going crazy. I'm too distracted. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> What's a bee box? 
beatbox. A beatbox? Like a beatbox? Big big beatbox for breakdancing in the eighties? It's where yeah. yeah, it's where it's where B gathers at night. Bees gather at night for a good time. Are you mean like a beehive? Beehive. Yeah, two beehives. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I said beatbox because that's the brand and I was looking at it when I was talking. I imagine people outside just like beatboxing. <laughs> When you're like, I'm so distracted. Uh, did Did you guys see that breakdancing is now an Olympic sport? No. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was actually your segue, Alex. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well. Outtake. Yeah. Well, it's hard to see you from the, uh, the ivory tower. So, it's, you know, I, I get it. <laughs> well, he's just he's just in the ether. The problem is the episodes were already long to begin with, and now we have six people. So it's like, damn. Anyways, uh, somebody else want to take us to 2021? And we are back. So now that you heard from us, let's hear from you. And let's start with our first voice. Vo- awesome, awesome thanks, Super. guys. It will, it will be a nice long episode for people to listen to. Yeah, next next uh, year we'll split this in I- – We'll split this into two. Yeah, with, right? with, this many, with all the hosts. With on. six people, because I mean, we're back when there's three of us, it was taking three hours. Yeah. Great job, fellas. All right, boys. Okay. I'll talk Maybe to you later. Bye. Okay, bye. 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 Take care, all. Thanks. <laughs>